You're listening to Monco Radio, where music and minds meet. Someday soon, just after the final chords of rock and roll all night ring out on that Shea Stadium stage, I'll pick up my bass and exit stage right. America will have seen the last of Kiss on stage. America was our home. These were our people, and playing the final shows will be bittersweet, to say the least. You wanted the best, you got the best. The hottest band in the world, KISS. That's right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best, and you got the best. I'm Matt Porter, and we are live in the Kiss Room. The summer is winding down, but hopefully you're still having some fun. Hopefully you're outside by the pool. Maybe Kat has her Kiss Room bikini on. Post pictures now. I'll be joined in the studio by some great people. We're going to salute Gene Simmons' birthday, which is August 25th. We'll play some Gene tunes. We'll talk Kiss and Scooby-Doo. We have so much more to talk about. Well, we're going to kick off the Kiss Room with a call from legendary photographer Bob Gruen, which I will dial up right now here in the Kiss Room on Monco Radio, where music and minds meet.
That's right. She walks by moonlight. If any of you know that woman, send her to the Kiss Room right now. Uh, if you follow my blog on thekissroom.com, you know that last week I was up in New York City and I made the trek to the corner of 23rd and 8th Avenue which, of course, all of you KISS fans know as the Dress to Kill Corner, where that photo was snapped along with the photos for the Cream Magazine session that led up to that photo being on the cover. As I walked toward and stood on that site, I tried to imagine what it must have been like for KISS to do that photo. Mm-hmm. So to get that answer, on the phone with us right now is the man who snapped that photo and so many iconic KISS photos, Mr. Bob Gruen. Welcome to the KISS Room. Well, thank you very much. Very happy to be here. You know, and obviously you have worked with the royalty of rock and roll, everything from Beatles to Led Zeppelin. And, of course, we're in the Kiss Room, so we want to talk about that photo and the fact that I was just there. So, really, what can you tell us about that day? What do you remember about that day doing that photo? Uh, Well, actually, that photo was part of a series that we were doing that day. Uh, We were making a photo novella for Cream Magazine. A photo novella is like a comic book made out of photographs. It's a two-page story where Kiss starts out uh, dressed in the suits and ties, which uh, was supposed to be like their secret identity. That in spite of the fact that they have Kiss makeup, they were supposed to look like normal people commuting to work. And they read in the newspaper that there's going to be a concert um, by someone uh, named John Cleveland, which uh, I think they were referring to John Denver, cleverly disguised <laughs> as John Cleveland. And they feel that the world is full of uh, very boring music and that they need to save the world with rock and roll. And uh, they actually go, they, they, there's other pictures where they go around and they put up po- posters for a fake John Cleveland concert. And when everybody shows up, instead of John Cleveland, Kiss comes out and rock and rolls and they save the world with rock and roll, and at the end, they're rewarded by getting uh, medals pinned on them, and then they have an orgy backstage. (laughs) Um, So some people might have also seen the picture of the Kiss orgy, um, which was also part of that comic book. Um, I mean, a comic book, photo novella in the Cream magazine. Uh, So it started out as, as a spread for Cream, and then how did it end up being the cover of Dress to Kill? Well, the thing is, we went into the subway and we shot some pictures of them in the subway. And as we came out, we just took some pictures of them standing on the sidewalk so they'd have a couple extra boxes to add some more text for the dialogue. And uh, and basically, you know, they were standing on the street corner. They just looked very cool. There's actually a couple other shots. Some of them are around on the Internet where some people are standing nearby. And basically, uh, they look like they're laughing and making (laughs) jokes about Kiss. Um, Kiss was not known at all publicly. Uh, they didn't create any kind of a stir other than looking like, you know, Halloween characters uh, on a day that wasn't Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you know, some people kind of looked at them and, oh, a bunch of weirdos, you know. But nobody knew them as Kiss at that point. Um, anyway, the comic book was very successful. We made a very funny little story. And, uh, and actually, the, the orgy picture was shot at their concert at the Capitol Theater in New Jersey. Uh, that was another interesting evening. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but the picture of them on the street corner, when the band, it was actually, I didn't even show it to them, I don't think, until the magazine came out and they saw the results in Cream Magazine and they just loved that picture. And at that point, they decided to call the album Dress to Kill and to use that as the album cover. And uh, they were just finishing the mixing at Electric Lady Studios 
And so we went back, I went back to meet them at the studio and brought the suits. Um, and, uh, and we did some pictures of them looking as if they had recorded the album in the same, you know, outfits right. as if they always wore suits and ties. <laughs> and so we did a whole series of pictures around the electric lady with them wearing the suits and ties. Uh, an interesting part of the photo is that uh, Gene and Ace didn't have a suit at that point. Peter and Paul are wearing their own suits, but Ace and Gene are wearing my suits. <laughs> and Gene's actually wearing my wife's clocks. Uh, so if you look at the photo, it gives it a really special effect because Gene is much bigger than I am. Gene's a very tall, large guy. And so in my suit, he kind of looks like a Hulk because <laughs> the suit is so small for him. He looks like a monster that's, you know, breaking out of his clothes. And with the clogs, his feet don't look normal. They look like hoofs, <laughs> like he's some kind of a monster, right. you know? So it really adds a whole extra aspect to the you know, the photo, making them look larger than life. How did you decide on that spot? Did you just happen to find it? or It was uh, where the subway entrance was. <laughs> right. Well, um, I actually found two different subways because in the magazine, when they're in the subway, they run into one phone booth pulling their ties and jackets off. And then they run out dressed as Kiss, as if they could all change instantly in a phone booth, the way Superman does, you know. Um, but I wanted the picture to run across the page, so I didn't want them to go in, you know, from left to right, and then come out going from right to left, you know, back in the same direction they came in. You know, so I didn't want them running out of the same phone booth. So I had to find a different phone booth where they could kind of run out in the other direction. So when you were walking around with them, one of the things that I noticed when we went to that spot, you know, there's no marking or anything of it in New York City. And obviously, what was it like when you're walking around with them? Like you said, it was Halloween, only it wasn't Halloween. And so right. what, what was the, like, did people react to them at all? Or what was it like? Well, were they uncomfortable kind of being out there and not really no, being famous they were comfortable yet? And, and, and we weren't really getting that much attention other than kind of a sideways glance, you know, uh, one of my favorite phrases is, you got to be more than weird to get attention <laughs> in New York. <laughs> we got a lot of weirdos around here, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and in fact, m- more recently, uh, there's a band called Lordy right. that has some outrageous costumes that won the Eurovision contest in Europe a few years ago. They're from Finland, but they look like, you know, un- unearthly monsters. And so, of course, Bill Coyne who managed Kiss was attracted to Lordy, and when they when he brought them to America, he hired me to photograph him. I took him out into the middle of Times Square, and we didn't even get a sideways <laughs> glance from the cops. You know, <laughs> just another couple of weirdos. So you know, while Kiss looked so outrageous, uh, outrage you know doesn't really cause much commotion in New York. Right. You know? So. I think that nowadays, if they were out on the street, they would get more attention for being Kiss, right? Rather than just looking completely different. Back then, they weren't known as Kiss, so they just looked completely different, which was no big deal. So people just walked by as you were snapping. People that just shots. walked by. Yeah, it was no big deal at all. They just, you know, everybody's got something to do in New York. We're all busy. You know, you don't stop just because some weirdo's got a funny costume. <laughs> You know, you got something to do, you know, so you keep doing it. How did you originally hook up with them? I mean, obviously, you have some of the most iconic photos of the band from very early in their career. Uh, well, actually, I had two interesting early connections with them. Uh, Bill Coyne and Joyce Biowitz had a TV show that they were producing. I think it was from Chicago. 
I'm going totally blank on the name of the TV show. Flipside? Huh? Was it called Flipside? I think that was Bill's uh, show. So, yeah, Bill's show, Flipside, yes. And uh, they had come to New York to film uh, several episodes of a uh, record company president working with his favorite artist. And so I was there at the record plant when they came and they filmed John Lennon as president of Apple Records with Yoko Ono, who was his favorite artist. And they made an interesting, you know, uh, video segment for their show. Uh, and for me, I remember it was the first time that there was actually bright lights in the studio and I could get some decent pictures because <laughs> uh, they were filming a video. Uh, but that's when I met Joyce and uh, and Bill Coyne. And uh, then and uh, they um, one of the segments also was with um, uh, the head of uh, Buddha Records, uh, Neil Bogart. Yeah, right. And uh, they did a segment with Neil, and actually that's when Joyce met Neil, and uh, eventually, within a couple of years, Joyce had married Neil Bogart. And um, when Bill saw Kiss and he wanted to manage them, he had this connection already with Neil Bogart, so he brought Kiss to uh, Buddha Records, uh, which turned into Casablanca Records. Um, I had already been working with Buddha Records for several years by that time. I was kind of their house photographer. And so it was a natural, with my close connection with the record company and my familiarity and, you know, uh, with Bill and Joyce knowing who I was and, you know, respecting me because I was working with John and Yoko, uh, it was just kind of natural for them to hire me to photograph Kiss. And um, uh, the first pictures I took, I think, were when they signed the contract with Neil and Neil was wearing makeup and uh, actually handcuffed himself to the contract. <laughs> for the photograph and and he's in kiss makeup as well and then um i think the first show i photographed was when they were opening for iggy pop on new year's eve at the academy of music so what did you think back then i mean did you have any idea that 40 years later people would still love every one of those photographs and still be into kiss well certainly we didn't know that kiss was going to be as big as they were i mean they were an opening band that night they were a bunch of really kind of weird looking guys they had a lot of fire they had candles on the stage uh, Gene had just come up with his new toy, which was a fireball, which was some kind of thing. I think if you squeezed it, it would go on fire, or and he would throw it out over the audience. And uh, two things went wrong with that. One, he held he held one of them a little too long, and his hair caught on fire. And luckily, Sean Delaney, who was his road manager, saw it fast enough to get a towel around his head and save him from being burnt up. Uh, so another one he threw too fast because he didn't want to catch himself on fire again. And it didn't really catch until it was out over the audience and it hit some kid in the face and burned his face. <laughs> right. um, the flash the flash paper. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and this kid actually got burned in the face. But backstage waiting for the ambulance, uh, he said that Kiss was his favorite band and he couldn't believe his luck to be part of the show or something <laughs> like that, you know, that he, he wasn't. You know, sorry that he was hurt. He, he loved Kiss and he loved, uh, you know, and he didn't hold it against him. That's fantastic. Uh, and for me, it was kind of unusual because uh, I'd been working with a lot of bands by that point, and, you know, they do a show, and then immediately after the show, you go back to the dressing room, and I would take pictures of the band with whatever celebrities would come to say hello. And when I got to the dressing room with Kiss, Bill stopped me at the door of the dressing room and said, No, we don't allow any photos of the band without their makeup. And I was like, Really? And he was like, Yeah, you're done for the night. <laughs> And I was like, really? Okay. It was New Year's Eve. I went home and I spent the rest of the night with my wife. But, uh, <laughs> um, 
So you know, the, the, and 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 because of that kind of rule going forward, when I did start working with them more often, uh, their only kiss for about ten or fifteen minutes before they go on stage, you know, when the makeup is finished, there's like a, a short period of time, like ten or fifteen minutes, and then they go on stage and. On stage, they start sweating a lot, and the makeup gets messed up. So after the show, there's no pictures of Kiss. Right. So they only really exist as Kiss for a very short time before the show. So uh, whenever I was working with them, we would have to take that 10 minutes and do a whole series of pictures of them looking as if they had been that way all day. Right. <laughs> like when we flew to Japan, they put the makeup on before we landed, but then we had to do a whole series of pictures quickly around the plane as if they had flown the whole trip as Kiss. You know, so we tried to make it look as if they were Kiss, you know, all day and night. Um, I do remember a couple of things about that session that when we went out in the morning and we took the pictures of them wearing the suits and the picture at the uh, you know, street corner of 23rd and 8th Avenue, uh, which hasn't changed that much, by the way. The street right. lamp is still there. The right. street lamp is the same. <laughs> A couple of things in the background have changed, but I think the buildings are still the same. It's pretty close. I was actually able to take my photo that I snapped and take one of the outtakes that you had, which was a wider angle than the record cover, and actually match it up, and it's pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty close. The buildings haven't really changed, and the street lamp is, is the same uh, you know, design. So um, anyway, we, we took those pictures, then we came back to my studio for them to change into their KISS uniform, their KISS outfit. And I was busy changing my, you know, cameras, changing the film and cleaning the lens and getting ready to go back out. And I kind of felt this presence behind me. And I turned around and Gene had put on his boots and tied his hair up and he had all the leather outfit. And I turned around and I was literally frightened that all of a sudden, you know, somebody who had been a normal guy wearing a suit and tie suddenly there was this monster, this superhero monster. And and I, I really remember that feeling that when they put on their costume and their boots, they became a different entity. They became Kiss. And they were no longer Gene and Paul and Ace. They were Kiss, and they were superheroes, and, and they were larger than life. And I remember that feeling, like turning around and being actually frightened the first time I saw Gene... <laughs> you know, completely, uh, you know, done up in, in the whole outfit. Because it, it really does change them into a different persona. You know, from when, when you work with them in 1974, obviously they were really just starting. And by the time you're in Japan with them in 77 and 78, they're huge. They were huge, yeah. In Japan, we had we had kids following us all over the place. Um, and I remember thinking and, and talking to Bill about it beforehand because there was a lot of uh, press on that trip. There was at least a dozen uh, different... Uh, journalists who were traveling with us, and each one had two or three assignments, and I had to fulfill all of their uh, photo needs for like a dozen different magazines and you know ten different countries, and kind of keep it balanced where everybody got exclusives. You know, uh, I could give you know the same pictures I was giving in the U.S. or in France or in England, but I had to give to different magazines and sort it all out so everybody had something different. Um, and I remember talking to Bill before we went about how to avoid having KISS photographed, because by that time KISS was getting very popular, and they were making a great effort to keep the identity secret so that nobody actually saw what Gene or Ace or Paul or Peter looked like without their makeup. And there were absolutely no photos allowed of them without the makeup. And I remember talking to uh, Bill about what are we going to do in Japan where so many people have cameras. I mean, it's not like today where everybody has a camera, but back then... 
you know, the Japanese culture was much more into uh, taking pictures, and so a lot of people had cameras, and they have almost as much paparazzi as they do in England, you know, where the newspapers are just filled with paparazzi pictures. And it was a question of how do we avoid having, uh, you know, kids exposed without their makeup. And as it turned out, the entourage that we traveled with it was about 40 people or so when you included all the roadies and all the guards and all the journalists and so on. Um, there was a large group of people, and uh, the actual band kind of got lost in the middle of that. <laughs> that You know, it was like 40 foreigners, and the Japanese couldn't tell who was who without the makeup. We all looked the same. You know? <laughs> so it, they really didn't get exposed, which was quite surprising. Uh, but they just couldn't tell who was the journalist and who was the roadie and who was the band, you know, because without the makeup, we all look alike. You know? <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, but there was one day where I took them outside with the makeup in Kyoto, which is the ancient capital of Japan, because we were working with Music Life magazine, wanted to make a special Kiss in Japan issue. And in order to get the access and the rights to make a complete book, or, you know, an issue, a special issue just on Kiss, um, they were paying the band some money, and uh, and for that they required that the band look like they were in Japan. So instead of just photos in the you know at the concerts or in the hotel rooms uh, or in the dressing rooms, we needed some pictures that actually showed them in Japan. And so we decided to do that in Kyoto when they had a day off, because uh, Kyoto has some of the nicest shrines and temples. Uh, that they have in Japan is the ancient capital there. And so I went out the day before with uh, one of the promoters and we got a taxi and we kept the same taxi driver. He took us all over town at different uh, pagodas and shrines and places. And I took a series of Polaroid pictures. And then we arranged for that taxi driver to come back to the hotel and take us around the next day. And that evening, I showed the pictures to the band, the Polaroids, and we went over the different ones and they picked about the three different backgrounds that they liked that we could go to. And then when the cab driver came back, I showed him the Polaroid, and I said, take us to this place. And the first place was a shrine that had a very large Buddha statue. And I remember uh, in Kiss, uh, for the band, we had a bus that held the band and the roadies and all the journalists. And I was in the taxi with the promoter because the taxi driver knew where we were, and he, we were kind of leaving the bus to go back to these places. So as we were going up the hill to the first one, that was the Big Buddha, I saw the promoter kind of hightailing it down the street on foot. He was kind of walking away, and I was like, I wonder why he's walking away instead of waiting to meet us, you know. And when we got there, we all piled off the bus, and I just and, and I remember Gene telling me that I was kind of like a general in the Kiss Army for the day. <laughs> and I was in charge, and I should just specifically tell them exactly what to do and exactly where to go and kind of make it easy for them and tell them, you know, lift your foot, turn to the left, whatever, you know, I wanted. <laughs> and so as they came off the bus, I gave them instructions to stand over there, get in front of that big Buddha statue, you know, uh, a little closer to the pool. Okay, now look at me. And while I was doing that and setting it up, some Japanese people were trying to talk to me, and I was kind of basically pushing them away. I didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> and I was pushing them away and waiting for some of the handlers to figure out what was going on. And then eventually... Uh, and, you know, we were taking more pictures during the whole time, and at one point there was we saw a whole group of school children who had come to visit, and I remember Gene saying, let's get some pictures with the kids, and we rounded up, there's like 20 or 30 little children that you know, surrounded Kiss, and we took pictures with them. 
And then it turned out that what the people were trying to say in Japanese that they finally said to our Japanese handlers was that this was a very sacred shrine to a memorial for the dead people. And we were basically, it was a sacrilege that we were there, uh, you know, with a rock band just using it for a background. And uh, anyway, by that time, we already had a whole series of pictures, so we apologized profusely, <laughs> told him we were very sorry. You know, that's why I understood why the promoter ran away, because he understood what was going on. And he didn't want to interfere. And so uh, so we left, and we got in the cars and the bus and so on. And uh, I mean, I, I got in the taxi, and they got in the bus, and we started going to the next place. But a whole bunch of people from there started following us. And the next place I think we went is a rather famous place called the Golden Pavilion. A golden Pagoda. It's in a beautiful park. And we went in there and we took a series of pictures there. And then we came back and we got again in the bus and the cab and we started going to the third place. Well, by that time, so many people had seen us and started following us that I was leading a parade. There must have been <laughs> anywhere from 50 to 70 cars winding through Kyoto. <laughs> following this kiss bus, you know. And a, a lot of these photos, they have the kimonos on. A lot of those most iconic shots, they have like really nice kimonos as well. I'm one of the few people who's taken pictures of kiss outside of their kiss outfit. Right. Uh, they were very beautiful kimonos. Uh, and interestingly, about a year and a half ago for a magazine called Tokyo Journal, I did a photo of Gene Simmons for the cover. And again, he's wearing a kimono and in that case, carrying a samurai sword. And I thought about it, how I'm like one of the only people who's photographed him out of costume and both times in a Japanese kimono. But uh, I, I just remember feeling like an, a general in the Kiss Army because we had this huge, you know, trail of cars following us through it. So by the time we got to the show, I remember walking up the hill and there was this mob of people, you know, following us and watching us. So that was kind of the last place we could get to because... The crowd was getting so big. Wow. Uh, and then the next year, uh, that was in 77 when I was there with Kiss, and then when we came back to Japan the following year in 78, the magazine again wanted some pictures to prove that they were in Tokyo, but Kiss didn't want to go outside because uh, they, they were raising such a huge crowd, uh, you know, just trying to go out in public like that. It, it was, a, you know, getting a, a... And the following year would have been even worse. And so instead of going out, what we did was we had Godzilla the actual character from the movie with the real costume from the movie uh, come to visit them backstage. And I took, uh, those are some of my favorite photos of Kiss, is Kiss and Godzilla together. That's fantastic. When you think about all the really, and I keep using the word iconic, but there's so many classic shots of the band that you were able to snap. What? So do you mm. think that's your favorite one, the ones with Godzilla, or is there one that comes to mind? Well, I just, I really liked the idea of Godzilla, you know, and Kiss getting together. I remember Gene saying, like, get pictures of us checking out our boots and things, you know, <laughs> checking out the costume details. Uh, but for me, I mean, just meeting the real Godzilla, you know, was very exciting. And and uh, and he's not nearly as big as he is in the movie, you know, he's a Japanese guy, he's actually shorter than me. You know? uh, and so it was one of my favorite pictures of me with Godzilla and Kiss. I, I got in one of the shots. Um, but other than that, some of my favorites was uh, the day that we went to Boston, to Buffalo, um, when they poured their blood into the Kiss comic. Right, right. Uh, it was a Marvel comic, and Stan Lee came along, and so for me, it was a, a chance to meet one of my all-time comic book heroes was Stan Lee. Um, you know, I was a big fan of Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and, and the other Marvel comics. 
And so meeting, uh, actually spending a day with Stan Lee and, you know, with Gene and, and the band uh, was a really exciting uh, time for me. Uh, but I think some of the big shows, certainly Madison Square Garden and uh, the Budokan, uh, you know, just seeing them perform to such wildly enthusiastic crowds uh, was pretty cool. Taking the picture that was the end of the photo novella, because after Kiss Saves the World, they get, they have an orgy. Right. And, uh, you know, this was done on, uh, you know, there's, there's, mag- there's magazines that have budgets, and then there's magazines that have low budgets. Uh, Cream Magazine, we worked on the no-budget budget. budget you know? <laughs> uh, this was be- below low. <laughs> you know? uh, so there was no question of hiring models or anything like that for to create the orgy picture. And I basically went out there with very little plan and just the hope that I could round up some girls to agree to pose in a party photo with Kiss. And what I did was I watched the audience while Kiss was playing. And I saw which groups of girls were like the most excited and the most enthusiastic applauding for the band. Because I think they were actually opening for somebody like Mata Hoopla or somebody like that. And um, they weren't the headliner. And so I just watched to see which girls were the most excited. And then as soon as Kiss was done, I ran over to them and said, look, I can bring you backstage to meet the band if you'll be in a picture, you know, for for me. I, I can bring you in the dressing room if you'll come with me. And uh, about 10 girls or so, uh, 10 or 12 girls agreed to do it, but there wasn't a direct door from the audience to the backstage, and we actually had to go out the front of the theater and around the side to go in the back door. And about half the girls balked. They they didn't believe I was really going to be able to get them back into the concert. They weren't walking out with some guy who claimed that he was going to get them into the dressing room. you know. Right. But about half a, half a dozen of the girls came with me. And we got in the dressing room, and again, I remember Gene saying, be very specific, tell us, put your hand here, put your hand there, do this, do that. And so we had the girls in the band kind of spread out in the corner of the dressing room. Uh, what's interesting is that uh, Gene is with his longtime girlfriend in the picture. Uh, Peter is with Lydia, who was his wife at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other girls are kind of spread out, you know, with Ace and... Uh, and Paul and uh, you know, spread out through the picture. Uh, two of the girls in the picture, I think the one who's in the middle with Ace, a girl named Cindy, uh, called me about a month later because they wanted to see the pictures in the magazine. And they came to meet me and I showed them the magazine. And Cindy and her friend became uh, became friends of mine and I took them to CBGB's and a couple of shows in New York. And at CBGB's, Cindy met Chris Difford and ended up marrying him. Wow. And, uh, you know, the Chris Difford became, was the leader of the Squeeze. Right. And he wrote some songs about, like, coffee in bed and lipstick <laughs> on a collar, you know, and he gets caught. And uh, and that was my friend Cindy that he was cheating on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the end, she got the kids in the house and everything worked out pretty well. <laughs> but it's yeah. an interesting detail that came out of that. And oddly enough, the photo that's titled Kiss Orgy seems to get the most hits on my website. For some reason, <laughs> the search engines keep coming up with that phrase. You know? That's great. 
You know what? Um, one thing that I would ask you as a photographer, and obviously you've had a very successful, you know, multiple decade career. How do you know when you when you have that right shot? Like, I mean, and I think there's so many of your shots that are these iconic shots, the John Lennon ones. I think of those. How do you know when you've gotten that shot? Well, I got into this not just as a job. Um, I got into this because I was living with a rock and roll band. Because my idea in the 60s was to turn on, tune in, and drop out. And I thought by living with a rock and roll band, I was certainly dropping out. I didn't know that I was actually falling into the career that would be the rest of my life because photography was always my hobby and so I was taking pictures of my friends and then when they got a record deal uh, the record company liked my photos and used them and started to hire me to take more pictures and one thing just led to another and I became a rock and roll photographer you know I didn't really expect it like that but anyway like I said I got into it because I was a fan because I enjoyed the rock and roll music and I think that being a fan helps me to get the right moment because it's not just about what color shirt the guy's wearing, it's what feeling he's putting out, what the concert sounds like. And and I like to think that when people look at my pictures, they can practically hear the concert, you know, and they can mm-hmm. get more... Because you know, I, I like to photograph things that actually show the feeling and the passion and not just the facts, you know. Uh, and and because I'm a fan and because I enjoy the music, I think that's what helps me to get the right moments because... I know what they are because uh, I, I feel those moments. That's great. Now, a lot of the a lot of the people that listen to us here on Monco Radio are students, and so what kind of advice would you give to a student who was looking to become a photographer? Uh, don't give up the day job. <laughs> uh, photography is not a very. I mean, rock and roll photography certainly is not a very high paying profession. Uh, it's not like fashion or advertising photography, uh, and there's a lot of competition, especially nowadays since everybody seems to have a camera. Um, I don't know how a photographer can make a living uh, working for bands, but people still do. I see, I meet people all the time who are working or very successful. Uh, I, you know, people say, "How did you get to photograph so many famous bands?" Well, I photographed them before they were famous. And if you mm-hmm. go to clubs and you go to the smaller venues, uh, it often helps to go during the sound check and try and meet the manager and talk to them and uh, show them the pictures that you've taken. You know, I, I've given away a lot of photos when I was starting out just to get to know people. You know, the, I, I have photographed a number of famous people, but if you come to my studio, uh, you'll see my files. I have 28 file cabinets here full of photos, and I have pictures of thousands of bands that nobody's ever going to hear of. I was just lucky that a few of those thousands turned out to become famous. But it's much easier to get to know a band before they're famous and before they're surrounded by lawyers and publicists uh, where you can actually work with the band themselves, and uh, and you just have to work a lot and hope that some somebody that you're talking to, you know, uh, does get a break and does become, you know, successful. And even today, you're still busy with gallery exhibits, and you have books out, and what what kind of things are you up to now? Well, nowadays I do a lot more exhibits. I have an exhibit coming up in Liverpool actually next week. We're going over there. There's a place called the Beatles Story, a museum opening up that has a. They're going to open a John Lennon exhibit uh, of my photos. I just had one in Finland a couple of months ago. Um, I have several books out this year, actually. My Clash book has been reissued this year. Uh, I did a new book that came out in March, which is a collection of photographs of Yoko Ono, who I've been working with for over 40 years. Uh, That's called See Here, Yoko. Um, My John Lennon book, John Lennon, The New York Years, is going to be coming out in a new edition 
uh, I believe next month it gets to the stores, or in October, I think. Uh, that'll be out. It's called John Lennon and the New York Years, and it's got a new cover and 16 pages of new photos. Uh, that book's is, it's been out for a while. I haven't changed the words because the words uh, tell a really n- nice story of what it was like to be John Lennon's friend and what it was like to know him in New York in the 70s. Um, but yeah, I spend more of my time now with exhibits and with books and with interviews like this um, than actually trying to take pictures because there's so many people competing to take the pictures. Um, I, I leave it more to them. If you had to think of all the photos that you've done, which one do you think comes to your mind that says this was like your favorite one? Well, you know, I've taken a lot that I like, and so it's hard to make, I don't really make lists of top tens because my list goes way past 25. <laughs> uh, like, I once asked me for favorite albums, and instead of just one, two, three, I had one A, one B, one C, you know? And it's kind of like that with photos. You know, I've, uh, I mean, certainly one of my favorites is an early one I did of Tina Turner, which uh, Tina was dancing while the strobe light was flashing, and so in a one-second exposure, I captured five different images of Tina that uh, goes a long way to capturing the excitement and the energy that is Tina. But, of course, my John Lennon New York City picture and the John Lennon Statue of Liberty picture are some of my most well-known photos that uh, other people like a lot, and I, I certainly like them, especially the Statue of Liberty picture, because I think... Um, that John Lennon represents personal freedom in a way similar to the Statue of Liberty. Um, but I have some great ones of The Clash. That's the cover of my book, Rock Scene. Uh, Rock Scene is it's S-E-E-N, like the things that I've seen. And that's a monograph book of about 500 of my favorite photos. Um, and that one has The that's Clash great. on the cover. Uh, so there's a number of pictures I actually... Actually, Rock Scene has my 500 favorite photos of people want to get a look at that one <laughs> that's great well mr bob grew and i really appreciate you taking the time to call in and talk to us and uh everybody can check out bob you can see some of the photos that we talked about obviously anybody that's listening to this they already know most of your really fantastic work so thanks for calling in we really appreciate it all right well thank you yes the website bob it's about to under uh, we're about to launch the new version uh, we've been working on it for a year and a half there's still a couple of glitches you know, with the technical side of things. But uh, hopefully, because uh, my website's been up for over 15 years, it's a little <laughs> antiquated at this point. Uh, I like to think it shows that I'm an early adapter. <laughs> you know? uh, but the, the new website will be up soon, and it will have a search feature, which is the glaring part that's missing. Uh, but that's coming soon. Uh, and I have a Facebook page, and, you know, but my, my photos are on BobGruen.com. People can always see what I'm up to there. Well, thank you, Mr. Bob Gruen, for taking the time to join us in the Kiss Room and share your Kiss stories. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. I also want to thank Carol Klentfner. She was the one who helped me set this interview up. I really appreciate her time helping us. Uh, let's get to another track from Dress to Kill. I'm going to get everybody into the studio who's waiting outside looking at me through the window. You're in the Kiss Room on Hotco Radio where music and minds meet.
right kiss army you wanted the best you got the best let's see i got all the mics open which is why it sounds extra echoey how about that welcome to the kiss room everybody i see everybody checking in on the facebook page and of course look everybody loves that bob grew and calling in how cool was that now i just talked for all that time and i see jerry complaining the interview is going too long jerry get over yourself dude uh bob grew and that was awesome uh you know, before we get any further, I'm going to introduce everybody that's now back in the studio with us here. Bobby Dreyer, back oh, again. Oh, yeah. How are you, pal? Hey, nice to man. See you. Chris Great. Giordano. Now, let me see. I'm going to pull this mic back because I know he's going to hit us with like a 1978-style Paul Stanley. All right! Woo! There we go. And for the first time in the Kiss Room, Anthony Campanelli. How are you? Thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me. And Ralph Asbury. How hey. are you? All right, man. How are you? Fantastic. And you're going to explain the, you know, the origin of your last name. But no, I'm just kidding. That was off the mic. We had a good time talking before we got in here. Now, the funny thing, what we're going to do is we're going to go around before we even get any further. I want to give a bunch of shout-outs. Um, I want to give a shout-out. Uh, in fact, while we were we were talking about that interview, Jason Gallinger, who runs uh, Kiss Jakara Facebook, he said that the photo shoot for the Dress the Hill Cream shoot was actually October 26, 1974. So this is a little Kiss fact for you. And uh, one thing I wanted to mention, obviously, it's, it's the middle of almost the end of August. But um, one thing that we're talking about is Kissmas in July over the Decibel Geeks was awesome. And I want to give a shout out to Chris Zinzak and Aaron Camaro from the Decibel Geek. Um, and obviously, Hoops, who writes a column for them, gave me a great shout out on all his uh, Kissmas in July articles. So I really want to thank him for that. Those guys, they do obviously a fantastic podcast. If you're listening to the Kiss Room, you know that. Mark Anthony, he's posting, uh, the, he's part of the Kiss Fact podcast. I would give them a shout out. Joe Polo just posted. Obviously, Joe, Jody, and Andrew Kiss do the uh, podcast. Rock City is awesome. The uh, Pods and Sods, they're posting some stuff. Everybody's doing great stuff. Ken Mills, of course, my brother from another mother. I owe him so much. I'm going to give a shout out to my wife, Amy Porter. Obviously, we were talking all about the fact that we were up in New York City. Last week, and uh, yeah, my wife, Amy Porter, thank you for arranging that and putting up with me and taking that picture of me in front of that pole. That was awfully a lot Yay! of fun. Um, so there's a couple shout-outs. Now, I know here's the funny thing. I got a request that said, give the shout-outs. Have Chris do all the shout-outs as Paul Stanley. So we're going to turn that over. We got all kind of people po- you know, that have been sharing the link, talking about it. People. Ready? And let's see. Let's go. Ready? Hold on tight. Here we go. Joe Chambelli from Detroit Rock City. We got Brett Evans in Rockhampton, Queensland, Australia. Who else we got over here? We got so many. I'm going to have to get a little bit speedier. We got Joe Laskin. We got Candy Burton up in Toronto. You remember the Destroyer show we did up there in 76? Toronto! We got Kat Mara in her Kiss Room bikini. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah! Eileen Pompey, we know Eileen. Come on, Eileen, yeah. That wasn't written in 76. <laughs> Dottie Jones! Daddy! We love Dottie. 
Chris Ann Colvin told me she was going to be off today so she could listen live. I hear. I hear you. You hear me? What? What? All right. We got Tony Mann. We got Robert Siegel. Greg Johnson up in Minnesota. Grand Rapids, I know you. Hope to see you soon, brother. And who else we got over here? We got Ricky Cook. Jim Sagal. Oh, yeah. Mustang Sally Adams Jordan. Bob Trottier. Is that right? Bob Trottier. Paula Borima. Mikhail Burrell in Sweden. We love the Sweden people. We love the Swedish. We're coming to see you, too. Brian Shearer, Simon Brereton, my buddy, Jason MD, Anthony Poole, Ian Murray, Chris Simcoe, Mike Simcoe, Jason Bakken or Bakken? Bakken? Are we rocking with Bakken? <laughs> and Doug Rivera, who is having a birthday August 24th, the day before Gene. Woo! Let me hear you people rocking and rolling. All right, Madison. Madison Porter, if you heard Madison's music explosion, give us some more shout-outs. I'm going to have a shirt order piling in. Shout-out time. Okay, we have Dale Long, Tracy Ditsworth, Tracy Domino Wright, Ruby Park, Todd Brown, Damon Ness, Steve Javorski, Tim Pickering, Eric Miller from Pods and Sods, um, Mark Anthony, Kiss. The Kiss Fact. The Kiss Fact. Podcast. Podcast. Ronald Ike Jones and Christopher Cruz. Woo! Anybody else that's out there? John Wicker called earlier. That was great, Madison. If you tuned in earlier, you heard Madison's music explosion earlier. If you go to Periscope right now, we're live on the Periscope as well. If you follow us on Periscope, we had a fun time there last night. Got some hearts on the screen right now. Everybody looking so good here in the Kiss Room. So it's fantastic. Now, obviously, look, Bob Gruen, that was amazing. He called in. Anybody, you got any other shout outs you want to send out? Anybody while while we got the mics open? Uh, Jesse McCready over in Bucks County with Anna Module. They did build synthesizers over there. It's not too far from there, actually. You know what? See, that's probably right around, kind of right around the block, probably yeah. Bucks County. You know, all that. Say that again, because I think I had your mic turned off. I'm I sorry. Turn off all the mics when I, when Chris hits the mic really loud. I just wanted to uh, give a shout out to Jesse McCready, he's a good friend of mine over at Anna Module. They uh-huh. build uh, synthesizers over there. Um, great company if you're looking for that and if you're into that. So I'm into different kinds of music, and that's one of them. So cool. Well, you know, it's funny. Jerry Lee Watkins. He says, "I remember the orgy shoot." Going back to what Bob Groom was says in one of the captions was. Uh, Gene, I'm having your baby. So it's a lot of fun here on a Friday in the Kiss Room. It's about 10 minutes of uh, 4 o'clock. We're going to go around and talk to everybody. I'm going to stop the Periscope thing. See, it's funny. I, ta- I talked that whole time. We got back in. And, man, now I'm shot out of a cannon. It's all over the map. <laughs> Woo! So we got everybody in there. It's good. We're going to talk to Ira around 4 o'clock. We're going to talk to Steve Companion later in the show. Kat, we want to thank you for posting a picture of you in the Kiss Room bikini. Yeah. That looks fantastic. Anybody else wants to, you know, if you're outside by the pool, you want to make sure that uh, you can uh, you can post pictures like that. The uh, Let me look up and just see. It looks like everything. So we got lots to talk about. Uh, obviously, some of the things we're going to tease you into our four o'clock break. Um, <laughs> we Ralph, all rocking with Bakken. <laughs> Ralph actually uh, works for PeterChris.net. Yes. We're going to yeah. talk about that. Anthony worked for Kiss Online. We're going to talk about that. Chris, Kisteria looks Kisteria. like you're going I crazy. My, I want to say hello to my Kisteria brothers, Jerry, Joe, and Scott, and hopefully 
the way things are sounding, we will be ready by Kissmas. <laughs> Kissmas, good. And Bob, how you doing? <laughs> hey, man, just getting ready for the new program here at Monco. SRT Sound oh, Recording yeah. Technology is going to be starting back up. Now, it's funny because we're talking a lot about, um, you know, back to school. One of the things we talk about back to school. One thing I want to give a shout out to Joe Belly. Every year, whether he moves his daughter into her dorm room, they listen live to the Kiss Room, and he always says that it helps him because, you know, that way he's not, uh, he's not thinking about, you know, his daughter going away to school, things like that. So we've got a special treat here. We're going to go into, you know what, why don't we go to the break early? It's almost 4 o'clock. This will kind of mark the start of the second hour. Ira, if you're, uh, if you're there, you can call us in. This one we're going to send out to Morgan. And Joe Simbelli is getting her moved in right now. You're in the Kiss Room on Monaco Radio where music and minds meet. Meet, meet you in the Kiss Room. Meet, meet you in the Kiss Room. With Matt Porter and the podcast crew. I mean, look at it this way. At least you're getting an education. Dad, last semester I got nothing but C's. A, B, C, you're in the top three. What are you worrying about? I said it before and I'll say it again. I don't care how rich, successful a man is. Without an education, he's nothing. I mean, stay in school, study harder. You can be whatever you want to be. That's easy for you to say. You don't have to do any of it. Okay, then. I'll do it with you. What do you mean you'll do it with me? I mean, just what I said. I'm going to college. What do you think? What do I think? I think you're nuts. Nuts? So who made the rules? Come here. I'm going to college. I'm going to college. <laughs>
wanted the best and you got it. The hottest man in the land, Matt Porter. That's right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best. You got the best. I'm going to bring everybody's mic back up. It's just after 4 o'clock. Man, that went fast. Again, thanks to Bob Gruen for calling in. Thanks to everybody that's here with us in the Kiss Room. And on the line should be Ira, if he can hear us. Ira, are you there? I am absolutely here, and what a joy it is to join you once again in the Kiss Room. <laughs> Woo! And the crowd goes wild. Ira! <laughs> Ira! <laughs> Ira! Excellent. Let's Thank see. you, Paul. Thank you for screaming out my name. You Lisa. got it. We got Lisa Burgoon. <laughs> we got uh, Javier's posting in. We got Robert Siegel posted in. We get everybody, man. I hope I got all your names. We got all kind of people checking in. Let me just see uh, if I missed them. So anyway, we got Ira on the line. Ira, tell us what you're talking about. Well, let me tell you a little bit more about the THMF.org. And for those who don't know, just go over to the website and learn about us at THMF.org. But here's an update. We now have two KISS tribute bands lined up to play that event in Cleveland on August 6, 2016. They will be Sin City KISS out of Las Vegas and KISS Resurrection out of the Indianapolis area. All right, now, got, now wait a minute. For anybody, yeah. who, for anybody who hasn't seen the one million posts that you put every day, tell them exactly <laughs> what's the date and what, what's on your mind. Well, I don't know who's missing my post, because honest <laughs> to God, Matt, if they are, they are blind. And, and I post videos. I just posted one this morning of me wearing a suit for crying out loud. And I don't do that that often, but hey, I was dressed to kill today. <laughs> but let me tell you, August 6th, 2016, Cleveland, Ohio, event... Happening is the 10th anniversary of the Kiss Army protest from August 5th of 2006. So what we're doing is we're going to gather in Cleveland. We're going to hold a fundraiser for the Wounded Warrior Project. All proceeds from the event, along with whatever else we might collect before then, is going to go to the Wounded Warrior Project. My goal, $25,000. Help, help me. What we need right now is help. Uh, first of all, I've got to pay the upfront fees to hold the event. Then we're going to check to the Wounded Warrior Project and make the KISS Army nationally known, world known, what we already are. But, hey, let's hit the headlines in the media where people see the fans of KISS enough about veterans to raise that kind of money. Let's do this. Well, there we go. So what can they do? What can people, we got the KISS Army on the line listening right now. What can they do to help you, Ira? Well, I can tell you a couple things that you're going to see at THMF.org. You're going to see a link there that's going to take you to a donate page. And there you can click to donate money. You'll get an instant form back from that stating that your donation was tax deductible. Also, you'll be able to click on what's called the online raffle page. And i got to tell you about this, people, because this is a big one. I've been giving away stuff since February. 
I've been giving away all kinds of KISS merchandise, but I have never given away an autographed pair of Ace Fraley Alive boots. Autographed by Ace Fraley, artified by Ace Fraley. Ace drew artwork on these things. It's got stars, it's got moons, it's got... The guy's a genius and an artist and a hell of a musician. We love him to death. We love all the members of KISS. Actually, I do. But Ace really put some artwork into these boots. They do come with a photograph of him signing those very same boots. For only a $2 donation, you'll be entered into the raffle. $2 is all I'm asking from everybody to get in on this raffle to win those boots. Sure, send me 10. I'll give you five chances. Send me 20. I'll give you 10 chances. September 10th is my deadline. September 11th, which happens to be Matt's next month's live broadcast of the Kiss Room. September 11th. That's when September 11th. Yeah. That is when we will announce the winner live in the Kiss Room. The winner for that raffle will be announced live in the Kiss Room between 3 to 5 p.m., I will actually have shipped those boots to the winner long before 3 o'clock because I know who the winner is at about 8 a.m. in the morning, but nobody else will till Matt <laughs> says that name live on the air. So now really what we got to just say to people, obviously if you're listening, look, you might have a dollar in your pocket. You might have $2 in your pocket. Put those $2 together. You can get an entry. You can try and win those boots. I would love to win those boots, but I'm afraid if I enter and I win them, everybody's going to say, well, that's fixed because, you know, you just announced it on the Kiss Room. So, uh, you know, and I got, I got some cool stuff. You know, well, you know what I'm going to do to make sure that that doesn't happen, Matt, so that everybody cannot have to look at me and say, Ira picked the winner by himself. No, Ira's not going to pick the winner. The random picker electronic system that you use to give away gifts from nice. the Kiss Room is going to pick the winner. And I always videotape my raffles. I'm going to videotape the screen of my laptop when I click that button to pick that winner's email address. And when that email address pops up, people are going to see it. And when I say we got a winner, winner, chicken dinner... I say it's official, people. <laughs> See, that's, that's what everybody I, really I, wants. I say that somebody, I say that somebody's going to get a autographed pair of Ace Fraley boots in their mail from my home a few days after September 11th. You know what? And let that's me tell what you, I say. that electronic, it, that's the easiest way. It's the easiest, fairest way because you put all Truly the names is. in a list, you hit the randomize, and it just pops up a name. We used to do that. Like, I used to write them all on a piece of paper, print them on a piece of paper, cut them up, put them in a box. We would shake the box. You know, that was fine oh. when we got a couple hundred <laughs> entries. Then we did those Eric Carr giveaways, and, you're, you know, it's over a thousand entries. Now, it wasn't very green about me to print out a thousand entries and the have to random, cut them out. The random, picker, the random picker system that you use is the great greatest thing I saw, I've seen invented for uh, these types of raffles. Okay, so so what we're, what we're going to tell people, they need to go where? Come on over to thmf.org. And what I want you to do, at least enter the raffle to win those boots. Come on, don't tell me you don't want them sitting in your KISS collection. And even if you don't have a KISS collection, 
start one with those boots. Hey, and it's a pair. You can wear them. <laughs> hey, it is. So it everybody is. is listening. Obviously, we got the uh, the Kiss Army, all the most dedicated Kiss fans. That's who listens to the Kiss Room. You know, there's really no casual fans. It's all the most diehard fans. Anybody that's not listening. Yeah, they're, you know, they're the casual fans, but the people that listen, it's the diehard fans. So uh, yep. you know you want a pair of those boots. So and we got a dog going crazy in the background. <laughs> Go take care of that dog. Any last-minute words, Ira, for the, your fans out that's there? My attack, that's my attack puggle and my attack mini pincher. <laughs> hey, dog! How funny it would be oh, yes. the, the dogs chew up the boots. but uh, <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. They're stored away good. They're still sealed in the plastic. That Mr. Mike Parker, I've got to mention Mike. Mike Parker, I don't know how many of you know Mike. Great kiss collector. A lot of his stuff is autographed. Mike sent me those boots as a donation to the Tom Hale Memorial Foundation Incorporated, specifically to give them to somebody. Yeah, they'd look nice on my shelf in my kiss collection, but folks, no. Mike sent them to me to give them away, and dang it, that's what I'm going to do. Enter that raffle and try to win those boots. Well, look at that. we got people listening all over the planet. Mark Konzorowski, Mikhail Burel, he's listening all the way in Sweden. Steve Javarsky's all the way in Pittsburgh. Joe Lascon, it might be him. Who knows? Simon Burton in the you UK. Mentioned, you, you mentioned the world. I ship international. There you go. I've, I've already shipped dog tags to Australia, to New Zealand, and to... Great Britain. Jason, I, I, Jason MD listens I, all the way I, in Japan. I international. Kat just so said, Le- I'm not the last cycle. Kat just says, Leon wants to win the boots. Hasu, hasu. <laughs> now, wait, here's breaking news. Wait, wait. Breaking news, ready? Kat Break- says, Leon Delaney wants to win those boots, and he's sending $100 right now. So look at that. Well, Maybe- I got to tell you, if Leon wins those boots, I'll personally deliver them. I go down to Kat's house. Well, I'll can- hand them. <laughs> I won't have to ship them. I'll hand them to Leon if he wins them damn boots. <laughs> can we get a shot of Kat in her kiss room bikini with the boots on yeah. if he wins? Yeah. If, if, I'm sure she'll do it. I'm sure she's up for that. I'll leave it at that. Thanks for calling in, pal. <laughs> All right, Matt. Thank you for having me again. And hey, keep rocking, brothers. Thanks, pal. And, Rock and roll. And sister, I, I know, I, I know, somebody else is there. Madison Porter, she's being so good. <laughs> it's the end of the summer. <laughs> All right. Thanks, pal. You guys take care. See you. Right, have a good one. All right. Thanks to Ira for calling in. Now, obviously. We're about 4.06 here on Friday, and uh, we're rocking in the Kiss Room, kind of wrapping up the summer. For the first time in the Kiss Room, we're going to talk to these guys. Ralph and Anthony have not been on the Kiss Room before, so yeah. obviously the first question I ask everybody that comes in, we'll start with Ralph. How do right. you discover Kiss? You know, it's funny. I had a cousin uh, when I was probably about five or six. Uh, her name was Christine, and she was 16. 16. There you go. <laughs> And Christine, she was a big Kiss fan. She had the sixteen. <laughs> she had the solo album covers on the walls. She would show us the stuff on TV, and it, you know, it was we were a little too young, my brothers and I. But I, you know, I think I was the one who who kind of gravitated towards it the most. So you found it from obviously, like that's a lot of time. People have an older cousin or a brother or a right. neighbor who blasted out the the window. Brian Deal, Lena Deal, shout out to you guys. The um, you know, and then over the years, obviously, you've moved into a lot of kind of entrepreneurial things with Kiss. And there's a long list that we want to talk about. <laughs> what were some of the first projects you worked on it with involving Kiss? Well, one of the first project that I personally did was an Eric Carr tribute album called Prophecy. And it's kind of really a misnomer to call it a tribute album. What it was was a collection of songs that I had written. Um, I, I packaged it, 
like the solo albums. I had uh, a great artist do a, a cover that looked like the solo albums in the character that I would have been had I had the opportunity to join Kiss. And you had your own makeup. See, you would have saved right. yourself a lot of headaches. That's right. <laughs> so what, what I did was um, I, I, I spoke to Eric's sister, Loretta, uh, at the New York Kiss convention years ago. Uh, it had to be probably the one in 1999. Um, and she allowed me to use some of the old Sellerman recordings within the project. Uh, so I had put the uh, Your Turn to Cry, the original recording on there, and I actually recorded a cover version of it as well. Um, musically, the album was what the solo albums were supposed to be. I wasn't trying to be Kiss. I wasn't trying to write Kiss songs. I wrote my own stuff, and it was my own style of things. Um, if anybody out there has that album, uh, you, you would know that one song on there was explicitly written to sound like a Kiss song. And it's funny, uh, I actually have an animated film starring that character. It's called The Night Traveler. Um, and uh, that song, it's called Not Dead Yet, this is the title of that song, was re-recorded by this guy out in um, Portland, Oregon. Uh, he goes by the name Double Virgo. You might Right, be, sure, absolutely. Right? And what I did was I threw him that track and I said, hey, can you record this in the style of classic Kiss, like like specifically? Absolutely. Because I want to use it in the soundtrack of this film, and I don't want to have to license, <laughs> right? You know, stuff. <laughs> nice. yeah, and it's fantastic. It came out fantastic, and, and you know, one day we'll we'll all hear. That. You, you bring it and give it to me. And we'll play in the Kiss, yeah. and let's see who we got. Yeah. Somebody calling in. Who's on the line? Yeah. Okay, who's this? This is Johnny Wicker. John, how are you, pal? Hey, John Wicker! Johnny Wicker! Hey, how's we, it going, guys? We had you call in an hour ago during Madison's Music Explosion, but welcome to the Kiss Room. Thank you. So what's going on? Oh, I'm over in Kansas City for another concert. Imagine that, right? Nice. <laughs> what's on your mind today? Uh, I want to thank you guys so much for all your love and support and, and just talking all about the Tommy Hill Memorial Foundation. It, uh, his family says thank you as well. That's awesome. Well, yeah, we had Ira obviously gave us all that info, so hopefully everybody wants to get in on the raffle or they want to buy the We Are One dog tags. Obviously, that's the coolest thing. You know, we uh, we were wearing them here last month in the kiss room. It's fun stuff, so. Oh, yeah. And we'll see you in next year in August in uh, Cleveland, right? Yes, you will. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks, pal. We're going we're gonna, to um, see you then, and we'll uh, we'll have fun. Well, you guys, take it easy. Again, thank you so much. You got thank it, John. You. Oh, my God. Oh. I do have a small request. Go ahead. Can you keep my good friend, and you know her too, Lisa Burgoon, uh, in your prayers? Absolutely. She's posting in there. Yeah, she's kind of going to be having back surgery pretty soon. Wow. So I figure, you know. Well, here, you know, we'll send out a universal prayer to everybody out there because I know a lot of people yeah. need them right now. So we'll, we would have a moment of silence, but that's called dead air, and nobody wants to hear that. Right. <laughs> All right, right, pal. Exactly. Thanks, buddy. Get well soon. See you. Keep rocking. All right, bye. Okay, so that sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, we want to get you to play that song here in the Kiss Room. That'd be absolutely, a blast. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, you know, from there, I, I, uh, I was able to be a guest at uh, various Kiss Expos, I went up to Canada. I was down in Atlanta. Uh, they would they would send me. It was great. It was around the time they were doing the uh, 
the demon wrestler in WCW. Right, sure. So they would sit me, the promoters all kind of had the same idea. They'd sit me, who nobody knew, next to Dale. <laughs> right, right, right. So they would kind of be forced past my table. And, and <laughs> you know, the album looked like the solo album, so it caught people's attention. And they said, Ralph, who are yeah, you? Yeah, right. And we <laughs> said, well, I'm not wearing my makeup. Well, actually, I was. Some, <laughs> some of the time I was, and it, it, was, it was quite interesting. Um, people would ask me about the, uh, you know, the origin of the character, and they were interested, and that's what actually led to this film version, you know, because I had to write a backstory to know what to tell people when they right. asked what the character was about. That's awesome. So now, and then over the years, you did a, uh, a another Kiss tribute band, or another, it's called Cover to Cover, right? Right. That was actually, um, that was Loretta's project. Um, she had a whole bunch of stuff that Eric, you know, left behind, uh, unfinished material. Some was just lyrics, you know, the infamous Elephant Man song, um, unfinished demos, different versions of songs that, uh, you know, eventually became something on Kiss albums or, or you know, other projects. Um, and she had the idea, it was her idea, to bring in guest performers to finish those tracks. Right. You know, and, um, you know, I had worked well with her, uh, you know, with the, you know, with the prophecy thing. And she knew that I was well-versed in the licensing area and how to use you know, songs that belong to other people so that right. everybody gets paid so that you can do it the right way. <laughs> of course, you that's know. the trick. Right, right. And, you know, and we all have our connections to people that, you know, that she wanted to have involved with the project. Right. You know, so I helped her put that together. It was great. And it was good to hear those uh, those songs get finished, you know. <laughs> Which is always fun stuff. I mean, those those uh, different albums, the things that even what Bruce Kulick had put out with Eric Carr, right. obviously all that stuff so fantastic. Right. And, you know, we'll give a shout out to Eric Todd of Rock's Car, Todd Billet. He's probably listening, too. Yeah. The, uh, and right now you're working PeterChris.net, right? Yeah, you know, I got a call. Uh, God, it had to be early 2012, I guess it was. Um, and if you remember, um, Peter's site was literally non-existent for a little over a year. You know, you'd go to the, go to the page and it would have that, that nice black and white headshot of his. Um, and the enter button right, and didn't that was go it. anywhere. <laughs> um, not sure exactly why that was, but it was down for a little bit over over a year. Um, I got a phone call, um, and it was it was uh, Peter's wife, Gigi, and she had asked me, you know, if I would be willing to help, you know, get it back up and running, and and you know, and manage it for them. And I've been doing that with them for the past three years. So you work pretty close with Peter, then. Yeah. Can you give us you know. an inside scoop? What's going on? <laughs> well, I mean, I can I can tell you that right now, um, you know, Peter he does play. You hear a lot of talk about, well, he's rusty and this and that. He plays. He's got a new tech on board with him now. Um, he he is getting in shape. Um, he's very he's a very healthy guy now. He walks. He drinks a lot of water. He eats healthy food. You know and, and We'll see where it goes because, you know, he wants to play. He's a drummer. He's a musician. He wants to play. So I'm sure that, like, I guess that's the where question. Where and when and what for, I have Is no he writing idea. songs? What, I mean, can you give us well, any? Well, there's, there's, there's the rock album that he's been working on for a long time. Uh, eventually, you know, we all hope that'll get finished uh, and, and come out. Other than that, I, I don't know creatively, you know, what he's doing. You know, I mean, he's, he's an All artist. Right, so, he is. He, you know, and, so and, here's the thing, right? 
you're going to give us the scoop. When you know the scoop, I want the scoop here in the <laughs> kiss room. When I'm allowed to scoop, I'll scoop. <laughs> so I'm going to hold, hold you to that. Right. right. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, we want to be the first ones to know. So it's the... Uh, gotcha. Now, Mark Anthony just says, I'm hoping to make it Cleveland to Cleveland next year. And Arnie says he's tuned in. And Matt Patrick is tuned in. And, he, of course, he was one of the people that listened. Uh, he was on my uh, Periscope feed. David Flores says, longtime listener, first-time post poster the kiss room rocks hey well welcome aboard david that's cool so that's some interesting stuff i mean obviously you're getting to work closely with peter and it's fun because i think that's uh you know it's nice to hear that he's doing well i met him yeah. back in november at that you were talking about he had been at the oaks right, convention the oaks, right? and it was nice that he was in such a great mood he was wasn't he super i mean you, you don't hear a lot of times with the meet and greets with different people no names you know I was there Things too. Things happened. Stuff was late. <laughs> right, Chris was there. I was there. Peter, it's, it's Peter's funny though, because you know Peter's Italian. I can relate. You know, so um, uh, you know there was the uh, the story about he was uh, recording a rock album. Right. You know, so I, I asked him about it, and I said, Peter, I said, you know, what's going on with your rock album? Duh. He goes, what am I going to release it just to be downloaded? You know, like typical like Italian attitude. Like, what the, why bother? You know, I said, no, but, but Peter, it's great. I said, you know, you get a chance to re record and rehearse and play again. Uh, maybe, maybe. He's like, you know, uh, see, I, I thought it was the best response ever. He right. actually, he actually, when he was uh, doing the Q and A that day, he says he's going to put them out as forty fives. <laughs> so right. He hasn't yeah. forced to have a physical copy. Right. So. He went up with Eddie Trunk and they talked about the record a little bit. Wasn't now. your album Ralph downloaded through Napster? Yeah, the the prophecy album was was out right at the time everyone was mad at Lars Ulrich for you <laughs> know, for being mad at Napster and, and you know I was one of those guys who had original music out at that time <laughs> that you know it was it was in the uh, in all the data that came out about about Napster that album was downloaded over a hundred thousand times from Napster now. I know that not all 100,000 of those people would have purchased the album. But you know what? If 10,000 of them did, I would have been happy. Yeah, right. You, know? you could have driven here in a really nice car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and because they didn't pay for it, you know, I, you know I'm one of those guys. Just, you're not supposed to have it. Right, right. <laughs> you know? What are you going to do? Well, yeah. the, uh, so also joining us in the kiss room for the first time, Anthony Campanelli. Anthony, how are you? I'm doing fine. How are you, Matt? So tell us, how did you discover Kiss? Um, originally 1977, uh, so I was probably about six or seven. My oldest brother, whose name is Guido, actually his name is Guido, right? Um, had the first Kiss album. We were going to Catholic school, of course, like all good Italians do. Yeah. <laughs> really that that. Where do the um, bad Italians go? Yeah, right. uh, public school. Yeah, right. <laughs> Later on, public school. Right. <laughs> um, and I just remember picking up the album and going, what the heck's going on here, basically? And then, you know, hearing those songs on there, and that was it. That was basically it for me. That's fantastic. Now, the uh, the one thing, it's funny, when, when I had figured out we could get Bob, Bob Gruen to come in, now, obviously one of the photographers everybody knows. Now, you're also a photographer. Absolutely, yeah. One thing I wanted to kind of talk about, and I, and I asked Bob earlier, was how do you know when you have that exact shot? You don't. You don't? You don't. Does it ever, like, it's funny, and, I, and I'll throw this shout out to my brother's band, Clashing Plaid. We're working on a new CD for him, and we were working on an image for the cover. And it's funny because I, I really, you know, I didn't want to go on and on about this when I'm talking to Bob earlier. But you, you go snap, snap, snap. There could be 30 pictures in a row that don't look right. And then, you get that and then there's that one you go, oh, yeah. I think that's the one. I got that one night uh, photographing poison. Okay. What I did, and this was very early on. Um, I had no, basically no equipment. Um, here I have these photo passes. I had to borrow the camera from my father. He had a <laughs> Pentax point and shoot. Here I am in this pit. 
poisons up on stage. These professional photographers are there with their Nikons and their Pentax and whatnot. And I got this little thing that zoomed out like this, <laughs> and I'm shooting, shooting, shooting. And one of the first things I learned was when you're shooting that close and you don't want to get up to the PA system or lay your arms onto the stage right, sure. because that vibration then throws everything off. And as I'm shooting, I would shoot probably, God, I don't know how many rolls because you're still using film then. And this was only 2000, 2001, somewhere in that time frame. I would shoot probably seven or eight rolls. Right. I would just constantly shoot because I wanted that one good shot. And I would meet up with the photographers that were there that night. We would exchange phone numbers and whatnot, and we would email each other shots and see who you know, had the best shot. And I got back there. He's like, well, what are you using, Anthony? I said, oh, well, what do you mean by that? And they said, well, we're just wondering, because we saw this one shot of yours, and like that beats ours by 100%. I'm like, <laughs> so I'm using a Pentax, you know, whatever, just point and shoot. They were like, come on, man, we're being serious. What are you using? <laughs> you know, I, I still say this day, it's all luck. I have a small studio that I shoot out of. Um, and when you can control it, I'm a control freak, so when you control it like that, different story. But for concerts and when things are live like that, it takes a lot, and you have to be extremely good to do that. And you never know. A lot of it, it's, it's funny, because I really like when, when I had asked that of Bob Gruen earlier, and he says it's just he's such a fan, right. you kind of know what to look for, and you look for that well, emotion. And I think, you know, obviously we're all KISS fans, and it's, it's funny because I think there's, I think there's a, a lot of a thread that goes through with KISS fans. Everybody's creative. Well, you ever find that about a lot of Kiss sure, fans who do stuff? Absolutely. And it's funny because, like, even that, like, you know, when you go to see a show, there's a creative vibe. You got the camera, and now it's just part of, you know, uh, part of the experience. Now more than ever because everybody's got a digital camera in their pocket. Right. But, uh, you um, know, it's great. One of the other things I do, do is, like you said, I would find out what band I was going to do next. I'd find out their set list, and I would watch the last live show they did. And I would watch them where they go, how they move on stage, and make sure that I was in position for that possible good shot. So that's excellent. Now, at one point you worked for Kiss Online as well. well. Talk about that. Well, we won't define it as work because I never got paid. <laughs> well, see, um, so I don't think, well, I don't think can, legally I can, can say work. work for free. Or, um, uh, I volunteered <laughs> my services. Official contributor. And yeah, I'll say, I'll say official, official contributor. That sounds even better. Thank you, Ralph. <laughs> so talk about that. What was that um, like? It actually started out with a gentleman I had met named Steve Starwall um, when he had run a website called kissfreaks.com at that time. And I had emailed him saying, hey, look, I got this concept. I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> basically, with this concept. But let me throw something at you and see what you think about it. And he said, he's a great, Anthony, great idea. Good luck. And I said, well, what do you mean by good luck? He said, let me tell you something about the music industry. And I'll never forget him saying this to me on the phone. He goes, anybody who has a muscle flexes it. <laughs> right. They all. He goes, and I don't care who they are and in what position they're in, they will flex it. And I found that out very early on. Well. Because you would call somebody up, somebody's PR agent or um, their manager or whatever, and say, look, I like to get a photo pass and do an interview with them. I'm like, well, who are you representing? I said, oh, kissfreaks.com. I said, well, what the hell is that? Right. You know? Now, what year are you talking about? That has got to be 2000, 2001, somewhere in that realm. Yeah. So a lot of that, I mean, it's funny in a way when you think about it, when people were doing self-publishing of the fanzines, things right? like that. Yep. It was so grassroots, but it was also a little more unique. Now, like, you know, you figure everybody and their brother has a website and a blog and a right. radio show like the Kiss Room Broadcasting here live from Montgomery County Community College <laughs> Blue Belt, PA. Nice plug. You know, we can get, you know, <laughs> you can kind of get to the, uh, the whole world real easy. So I'm sure that publicists in a way now, it's probably tough because well, I represent such and such. And, well, <laughs> what is that? Right. So, but you figure that's really early on. I mean, it's, that's, it's that's extremely early on. And Steve was probably one of the few out there that had a fanzine. I think you had Otaku or Otaka or whatever it was that was out there. I think it was a burrito. Okay, there you go. <laughs> burrito. I like it. And a taco. Um, I like it. Right. And you had uh, Kiss Asylum, of course, that was out there. 
Um, and then that was pretty much it. Kiss had their uh, originally people forget Kiss Online was actually KissOnline.net. It was a pay service, right? Right. And it was a dot. You actually used a, it was a dial-up service, um, which they didn't. It didn't last very long. Um, but then it, it kind of blossomed from there. And then um, as it was getting better, and I was getting more easier backstage to meet people and do interviews and shoot. Uh, Steve had called me up. He said, "Look, I'm gonna take the site down." I'm like, "No, please don't." <laughs> You know, the fun's just starting. <laughs> He's like, no, no, he was just having his first child. Wow. And it was, time, it was time to do it. And he didn't have time to do it, which I understood completely. And I remember talking to him saying, hey, could you do me a favor? Because I know Kiss has got their thing up. Is there any way you could talk to their guy and see if I could do it there? And that's where that came from. And then it started up. So really, when you were working for him, it wasn't KissOnline.com yet. It was... Um, it had just become KissOnline.com. Okay. Yeah. Got you. Yeah, wasn't that long into it. <laughs> And then, I mean, that was when you, they were even pretty early and as far as, like, you know, band websites, things like that. I mean, that was, you know, it was kind of like you figure 2000. That's, you know, I guess was, uh, MySpace man. wasn't out yet. That was like YouTube's um, like 2004 right, or 5. Right. That was so later that's on. pretty early on. I mean, that's, that's it. it's funny. I think those are really the things when you think about the changes, obviously, that people like social networking, you think of, I always say, who remembers their MySpace login? That t- you know, yeah, you right. can usually tell how old, you know. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> There you go. You know, and then and everybody kind of looks and goes, hmm, the, uh, you know, and they, they think about it, you know, do they remember that? But so what are the, what's the first time you saw Kiss? First time I saw Kiss would have been 1985, 86. Nice. Yeah. And wh- so where was that? Uh, Philly, the old spectrum. So 85, 86. Awesome. So that asylum. was probably Asylum right. Tour, asylum. right? Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> The uh, now who was the opener on in Philadelphia on '86? Was, was it Queens? Was it right? Queens? I think it was. Right? Yeah. I, think it was. Yeah. I, I wasn't there, but I kind of know the history. The <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> People remember their injuries. It's good. The uh, right. That's right. So the uh, a lot of that kind of stuff. Now everybody's been to like the Kiss Expos and things like that. What are some of your favorite Kiss memories? Probably my first Kiss memory was we'll doing the Suffer Kiss online. That was probably the first one. That was probably that means the most to me. And then after that, I got to um, finally start to meet the actual original members. Nice. Which to me will always, you know, that's just part of my life and where I, the era that I grew up in. Even though Bruce Hulick actually was the longest guitarist that I heard at the time. Right. Because <laughs> Ace wasn't there that long when I started getting into them. Right. Um, but probably then, I got to meet Paul Stanley um, for the first time later on, and this was at his uh, art exposition at uh, Wentworth Gallery in King of Prussia. Sure. My wife and I decided to buy a piece from him. And so we got there, and I got to sit down and talk okay. with him for about a half an hour and do all that. Hold on one second. I think sure. we got somebody on the line. Let's see. Who's this? Is this Kat? Hey, Matt. Well, actually, this is Leon Delaney's personal assistant calling <laughs> nice. from Matt Porter. How are you? You're live in the kiss room I, on Monaco Radio? I am Radio. fine. Can I please direct you to Leon Delaney? Absolutely. Put him on. Is that, is that okay for you? Hey, there's no smoking in the kiss room. <laughs> Uh, there is no no there is, no um actually i i <laughs> you know leon's my best friend in the whole wide world so i texted him and i te- and i also left a message for lydia because bob was on your radio show and so knowing um but i'll let leon tell you but i texted him and i said are you home he goes i'm home so he wants to tell you a story about bob because for some reason i thought that you guys we're not on the phone with him. I thought that maybe he was live in the studio, so Leon wanted to talk to him. But anyway, well, he was in the is. studio. Yeah, I mean, he was calling me from New York City. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, you were calling him or something. I realized that after. But hold on, here he is. It's, 
And anybody that doesn't know Leon Delaney, obviously Leon was uh, the dad whose balloon gets popped in uh, Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Stunt coordinator on the Warriors. You're doing something with that. So, Leon, how are you? Just fine. Fantastic. I'm retired now. I'm retired now after 30-some-odd years and um, just uh, taking a day at a time. And you have an event coming up. You're doing a, a Warriors thing coming up, right? Yeah, they say September 13th at Surf Pavilion. Nice. In Coney Island. So all fans got to come out to that. Yeah, I guess the big thing is the Furies, you know, our baseball uniform bats and colored faces. Which were very uh, obviously inspired by Kiss, right? Yeah, I I guess. (laughs) I don't know. So Um, the orange face. You had a story story for Bob Gruen, or Cat was like saying, hey, yeah. Bob Bob saved saved me a lot of money being a friend. Uh, when I first started, uh, I don't know if I wanted to be a model. Hell, I didn't know what I wanted. Uh, I know I didn't want to be a construction worker anymore. And Bob took some pictures of of me and with my my future wife Melanie, who sadly passed away a couple of years ago from lung cancer. Wow. But Bob was always a good guy to uh, Ocoin Management and anybody involved. And very talented. That's fantastic. So thanks for calling in, Kat. Thanks for calling in, Leon. Um, We're going to take a break here. Today is also Chris Ann Colvin's mom's birthday. Happy birthday, Mom. Happy birthday to you. And that ties into this right now, which we're going to throw to Ken Mills, which is Today in Kistory. Come on, dudes. Let's crank it. Thank you, guys. We have ignition. On this day in history, brought to you by the podcast in the Kiss Room. Now print it with real Kiss blood. Today in history, August twenty-first, nineteen seventy-seven. The first Kiss compilation album, The Originals, is on its second printing. It enters the Billboard charts at ninety-one as Kiss plays their Love Gun tour in Tucson, Arizona. On this day in history, August twenty-first. 1987, Fraley's Comet performs their debut album tour in Oakland, California. On this day in history, August 21st, 1990, KISS plays their Hot in the Shade tour at the Summit in Houston, Texas. Today in history, October 21st, 1996, KISS brings the roof down in the American West Arena at Phoenix, Arizona on the Alive Worldwide 96-97 tour. The return of KISS. On this day in history, August 21st, 1998, Gene Simmons calls in to KOMP 92.3 FM. He speaks to the DJ, Big Marty, about KISS Cola and other potential KISS projects. During this radio interview, he also spills the beans about the Smashing Pumpkins being the warm-up band on the upcoming Halloween gig to kick off their Psycho Circus tour. On this day in history, August 21st, 2000, KISS bids farewell to Biloxi, Mississippi on the farewell tour. Today in history, August 21st, 2003, KISS rocks the KISS Army at Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at the Post-Gazette Pavilion on their World Domination Tour. Members of Anthrax are in attendance at this gig. Today in history, August 21st, 2010, KISS plays Jiffy Lube live in Washington, D.C. as the hottest show on earth continues. Today in history, August 21st, 
2011, KISS announces on KISS Online that the follow-up to their 2009 Sonic Boom album will be called Monster. It is also announced that KISS are planning a massive 2012-2013 Monster World Tour, which will take the band around the globe. On this day in history, 2012, KISS debuts their new Monster book in Los Angeles at the Viper Room for members of the media. The book, at over three feet high, is the largest rock and roll book ever printed, and the priciest. At $4,250 per book, the band contends that it weighs about 40 pounds. And that was your day in history, August 21st. Now go out and make some history of your own. And that was this day in history, brought to you by the Podkist and the Kiss Room. We still play with our Kiss color form sets. That's right. We still play with our Kiss color form sets here in the Kiss Room on Monaco Radio, where music minds meet. Speaking of this day in history, my one of my best friends, Bob Brodsky, he says, "Hey, Kiss '85 Spectrum opener was black and blue. See, it all ties together. It was Tommy Thayer. You never yeah, know." Yeah, Queensrÿch might have been. No, it was '84 because I can guarantee you, I did not see. Queensrÿch might have been '84. So we're saying we guarantee. We I, know I Bob. We're that. gonna have to check that. So and Daniel yeah. Cherry's checking in. Who else? We got Keith Taylor, Chef Keith. You're in there. And on the line. Speaking of history. We want to get some fans involved in Rock and Roll Over's cool project. We got Steve Campagno on the line right now. Yes, How are you, pal? He's <laughs> a man with a cool tongue. Projects, I like that. <laughs> it's a fun project. Tell us all about it. Now, if you listened last month, obviously, I think uh, Jerry talked about it. You guys talked about it. You know, what was going yeah. on? Tell us about it. Yes. Well, listen, Kiss Army, we want you to send us your stuff. I like that word, stuff. Stuff. Yes, Rock and Roll Over. We are Rock and Roll Over, a celebration of the music of KISS. Uh, keeping up with our ever-changing quest, this year's show uh, will incorporate some fun multimedia elements, and we would like all of you around the world to be a part of it. Uh, send us pictures or video of you in KISS makeup, pictures of you with band members, autographs, artwork, concert stubs, uh, tickets, whatever, and we're going to incorporate it into the show this year. Uh, we're looking for electronic submissions only. Don't uh, don't mail us anything. <laughs> um, a pair of tickets. Uh, pair, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to the show uh, to our favorite entry. Uh, send your stuff to, and the website is uh, the email address is shoutedoutloud at rockandrollkiss.com. So again, that's shoutedoutloud at rockandrollkiss.com. Um, you can find out uh, more info as well on our uh, Facebook page, um, which is uh, Kiss Rock and Roll Over as well. So that's facebook.com slash kiss rock and roll over. The website is rockandrollover.com. Um, we also, of course, like everybody else in the world, uh, has a YouTube uh, <laughs> page, <laughs> any more channel. You can find out info and videos, newly cut uh, mixed video, uh, sound recordings anyway, of us in the Kiss Room last week by Jerry Lee Watkins. Which sounds um, fantastic. Yeah, he did an amazing job. He always does. Uh, so I just want to remind everybody, the event is October 24th this year at Havana in New Hope, Pennsylvania. The show will be at 9 o'clock p.m., um, doors will open at 7 p.m., and I was just informed today, I believe that we have solidified a KISS collector or two um, that will be there. Um, we're trying to make it a KISS day, like I said before, 
um, to get involved. If anybody doesn't know about what Rock and Roll Over is, we are not the traditional Kiss tribute band. We are more like the guys in Detroit Rock City, the movie. Um, <laughs> what's the name of their band in there? Mystery. Mr. Mystery. Yeah, we are those guys. We're just four dudes jamming in our basement when we're teenagers in the 70s. And the stage set up is uh, an air mattress and posters from the 70s. And it's a, it's a teenage kid's room from, from the 70s, maybe even into the 80s. And uh, that, that's the way that we're celebrating kids ourselves. And we're concentrating more on music. I said before, we're leaving the makeup stuff up to the good-looking guys like Chris. <laughs> nice. And, uh, yeah, so you guys, you guys can uh, do that kind of stuff. We're too, uh, we're too ugly to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're also going to be celebrating uh, fellow Kiss Brothers' uh, wedding anniversary that night. Um, and also, it's Halloween season, so anyone who comes to the show uh, made up and dressed as their favorite member will get reduced drink prices that night as well. Uh, tickets are going fast for the show, so you can find them either at ComcastTickets.com, but I've been told that it's kind of hard to find them at that. So the best way um, people are telling me they're getting tickets is through the actual Havana website, which is HavanaNewHope.com. So, again, that's HavanaNewHope.com, or you can contact Havana, see what kind of seating is still available before you uh, buy the tickets as well. And I'm sitting here, and I want to ask the Kiss Room. I got to figure out one more Gene song to sing. Do you have Man so, of a Thousand Faces? We, we want to do that. You want to do? Uh, you know, we no. we played uh, She up at the start of the show. We yeah, played. Uh, that's a real we're good doing one. She. I think I think I've narrowed it down. I got to do something else off of Creatures. So it's either between Rock and Roll Hell or Killer. I got one ready. You know what? You're going to do this, to and hard. nobody's going to know. It's called Howling for Your Love. It's a demo. I'll send it to you. <laughs> oh, I've heard Howling for Your Love. Is that from one of the 77 demos? Howling for Your Love. And it's got Katie Segal in the background. Uh, you know I'm howling. <laughs> right? And if she'll come to the show, well, she can sit next to me. Yeah. And that was just one more thing. I just want to say in this, in this political, political correctness uh, world that we're in uh, this week, I was sitting here rehearsing some stuff. And uh, for the show, and we were intending to play Christine 16. I know, right? Right. But, it's well, hold on. Too I think, soon. I it's too I saw, soon. I, I think I solved the problem. Hold on. Listen, listen. Christine 16. 16. What do you think? Christy 70. Christine's maybe. legal. <laughs> About Christine, you know what? Legal. We're going to talk about that when we come back. It's uh, obviously yeah. uh, so, eighteen you know in PA. Post that. Uh, <laughs> post the link to the Havana page into the Kiss Room Facebook. Obviously, uh, that is the Saturday prior to Halloween, so everybody's going to yeah. want to be at that. It's uh, Saturday, October twenty fourth at Havana in New Hope. We're all going to get to be really familiar with New Hope on Saturday, September twenty sixth, when we go yeah. see Ace. You know, we're going to yeah. get to be very close friends, and uh, that's during the Popocalypse here. In the area, so uh, you know, hopefully, yeah. uh, Ace can get here. Um, yeah. You know what? So, thanks for calling in. Obviously, we're talking about a lot of the different Kiss things that are coming up. We got a big event coming up here at Monco with a Kiss tribute band. We're going to talk about that too. So, thanks for calling in, Steve. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. What All event? Right. What event is coming up here? You know, we can tell you what it is because it's in the Kiss Room on Monco Radio, where music and minds meet. Right? Listen to this real quick, and we'll come right back. Imagine going back in time to 1975. Witness the sights and sounds of early Kiss as they burst onto the music scene. A live 75, a tribute to Kiss, can take you there. 
This one-of-a-kind classic Kiss tribute brings the iconic Kiss Alive album to life with all the elements of a 1975-era Kiss concert, including all the sights, sounds, and energy. Immerse yourself in this rock and roll experience as Montgomery County Community College brings Alive 75 to the Bluebell Campus on Saturday, November 21st at 8 p.m. Buy your tickets now by going to mc3.edu slash livelyarts. Alive 75, the ultimate classic KISS tribute. Tickets at mc3.edu slash livelyarts. There we go. So we're back and we're going to come, everybody's going to come to that, obviously, Saturday, November 21st. If you're a cool person and you live in this area, you can get a front row seat. Come sit next to me. I bought my tickets. Now, look, obviously what um, what Steve was kind of referring to with the Christine 16, obviously, when I was planning out the uh, the list of things we're going to talk about today, one of the things I said was, well, obviously, we're going to celebrate Gene Simmons' birthday, which is, you know, coming right up on the 25th. But, you know, of course, if you've been looking at the Kiss Room Facebook or any of the different Kiss pages, Gene's house was raided and the, the crimes against children task force searches his house and I blah, have a theory. blah, blah, blah. You know, now, Anthony, you worked in cable or something. Like, well, you IT, talk about IT's that? IT's always been my background all my life. Um, and one of the things, at one point in my life, I worked for a major cable company, which I won't mention their name because they're not paying me. <laughs> um, but you would get calls. Does and, it rhyme with mom blast? Close. <laughs> <laughs> um, I worked in what they call their advanced products, which we took care of everything. And... What you would have is people that wanted to set up these routers, and they didn't want to take the time to secure them. When you do not secure your router, and you're within 200 yards, 100 yards of that, and you get, grab that signal, you're now given that IP address by that router. You can go surf. You can go to the torrent sites. You can do whatever you want. You're free and clear now at that point. When the FBI traces these IP addresses, and they see where they came from, they come to your house. Right. And I actually had that happen. Um, not me personally, but I mean... Uh, I had a guy call up, and what the problem was, he the FBI had come to his house, and he was in his 70s. I don't remember what his exact age was, but regardless, um, he they, they had been tracking his IP address because somebody had been downloading illegal copies of Microsoft products. Hmm. And he his excuse when they came to talk to him, basically it was like, we need you to come downtown, one of those scenarios. And he's like, well, what's it about? They explained it to him. He's like, well, I own all Apple. Right. But that didn't fly. I mean, that doesn't matter. <laughs> I understand where he was coming from, being his age and all that, not you know, being innocent. But in other words, it's a headache that you don't have to have. And when you get to something extreme, when you're dealing with child porn, now, I mean, that uh, guilty and innocent, it, that stigma will be with you forever. Right. I mean, that's, you just don't walk away. Well, like the headline, you know, t- it's Gene Simmons and child welfare. And, right. and people aren't reading the fact that uh, he was very on clear. tour. Yeah, it's very clear that Gene is not in suspect. Right. The family's not in suspect. But... You know, what if, um, you know, I mean, we know on the TV, like Jared, Jared oh, now God, from Subway yeah. has been, uh, what if Jared was visiting the house? You right. know, maybe they got to now investigate because right. Jared was in the house. That's right. You, know? you don't be. know. I mean, uh, they could run in the same circle somehow. You know, you never know. <laughs> Darn $5 football. Gene's like, like, damn, I well, knew they, I should never <laughs> had that hoagie. They had, not a, a few years ago, they had a that guy. Subway was in, sandwich. I think in New Jer- it was in New Jersey, Miami, one of the other. It was down at the beach. And he, they had raided his boat. Um, because mm. of child porn. Come to find out what had happened was, or I'm sorry, he was in a condo. The guy on the boat was stealing his signal because he never secured it with a password. 
And he got busted for child porn, even though it was him. So, you know what? We're not going to spend a lot of time on this. Obviously, uh, I knew that we had talked a little bit offline. You had some experience with that. Um, Obviously, one of those things we're going to say is the fact that happy birthday, Gene. This will pass over. It won't be a problem. Absolutely. we got a little bit of time left. There's one thing I really want to talk about, and I think everybody will know, you know, if we give them a little bit of a cue here in the kids. Oh, no. No, no. Don't tug my ascot. Don't pull my ascot. Hands off my cravat No, I don't like that Cravats are for hookups And this kind of feeling fine We'll go out to a bistro And chat over creme brulee Careful with that spoon, though there you go. That's, that's now you know we're going to talk about it. <laughs> that's the Scooby Doo. Yeah. That's the uh, one thing I want to talk about as we wrap. You know, I had the it last in my hands. The, I still haven't bought it. The, oh. uh, so let's go around. We got a room full of people now. What do we want? What do we want to talk about, Bobby? You want to go first? What do you oh, think of the Scooby Doo? Major '70s sugar rush, man. See, now, I got to say, that was my first thought was the best part was, you know, you have to get that bowl of couch chocolate. Oh, <laughs> you had to. I actually waited till berries. Saturday morning to watch it. I, you know, he came out on a Tuesday or whatever. And, uh, you know, I, I got it right away, of course. Right. Of course, they didn't have the Blu-ray, so I didn't get the bonus disc. Hey, Ken Mills, you're the best. He sent me that disc. But, the uh, you know, we waited and we ate cereal and watched. It was fun because, I mean, I remember. See, I think we're all about that same age where yeah. you remember Scooby-Doo in the 70s. And I, I always remember when they would have guest stars, we would always get excited if Batman, oh, Batman was on. Those were the best. Those were the best. Don Knotts. You know, Don, Don Knotts. Knotts. Right. 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 So go right around. What do you think? Kiss meets Scooby-Doo or Scooby-Doo meets Kiss? What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, for me, I you know, I have not seen it. I will very, you know, <laughs> transparently say I've not seen it. I'm not against watching it. Um, I can watch it objectively and decide whether or not I think it's good or bad. I'm not interested from the standpoint of if Kiss had been on Scooby-Doo in the 70s, I would probably have that in my collection. Right. And it's not an I hate the guys and things like that. It's nothing to do with that. It's just... I don't buy any new stuff. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just not a new stuff guy. Right. You know. So. So for me, if it's on Netflix, eventually maybe I'll watch it or, or something. But I have no interest in purchasing the product just from that standpoint. So you might have to go to your friend's house to watch it. So. Yeah, <laughs> if they brought it to my house, I might. Watch you know, it. if they if they get you that box of cereal, it'll be sure. a fun Saturday morning. What do you think, Anthony? You see it yet? Uh, before I get to all this hate mail. No, there you go. Out. All right, because I know it's going to come. It's coming. No, I have not seen it. No, I will never see it. Um, I have no need to see it or want to see it. Um, I, I got to see, and again, I think like Ralph said, it has something to do with who's playing. Now they call it the character, um, you know, or uh, the image. Um, it has something to do with that. I got to see them at the 35th uh, Alive 35 tour. I actually took my wife because she had never been to a Kiss concert, and it just wasn't the same. You know, it's just, it's it's for me... It'll be, I think, like Ralph said, it'll always be the 70s when they were larger than life, and it was what it was, and they were these comic book heroes. Um, and I, Also, on top of that, I think after the reunion tour and then Psycho Circus, I think what should have happened is either, either they should have packed up and left, personally, that's the way I feel, or what I would have done or liked to have seen is them take off the makeup, bring back Bruce, and you know keep it going that way. I'd love to see you a know, smaller-scale show. Like right. That. I, don't, I, I think bringing back the makeup was just... I just I don't I just don't for me I don't buy it. Um, 
And you know, I think if they hadn't brought the makeup back and they had just tried to go off a of Carnival of Souls, we wouldn't even be having this conversation because yeah. they would have folded up, you know, Probably. back then. Sure. Um, we're going to talk about Carnival of Souls on an upcoming uh, episode of the podcast. But the uh, I think that's the thing. The uh, the reunion brought everybody back, you know, and maybe sure. they've stayed a little too long. I don't know. But the uh, it's funny because if you everybody that was online, obviously there's been a lot of good Gene Simmons things. You saw that shot of Gene playing bass with Johnny Depp right. and. Uh, right. I thought that was fantastic. And there he is without the makeup. And here's the funny thing. He's still... Larger than life. He puts the hand. He's pointed at right. there. Gene was small great. Place. Wasn't In that, that video, uh, Gene was great. Gene sounded great. Um, uh, me and a couple of guys online were agreeing that uh, they should have had Nuno play rhythm, not Gilby Clark. Sean Rocks, my buddy, just posted that, a picture good. right there. You can <laughs> yeah. see all the guys from yeah. Kiss. Well, see, that's the funny thing. I think in a way, and obviously Paul has his new this Soul Station going to debut. In fact, September 11th. So he's you know going to be out there doing that thing. I think in a way, it's funny because I, I hope they never do a the final thing. We've had the farewell tour. I don't okay. ever want them to like you know Motley Crue's like oh we're never going to tour again as Motley Crue. We're never going to play these songs. Okay. When the bells come, right? Back. You know exactly. And, and, they already and, fooled and me once because I went that. to the last Motley Crue show and thought that was going to be it. Then it came <laughs> back, back like last week. Everybody like, aren't you going? I said no. I went to the last one last time. Well, yeah. this is the last one we're going to play yeah. in 2015. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, I, I, for, uh, touching back on the concert thing, um, they must have just played and New York Madison Square Garden. I think the night before, and Paul was like shot. You know, it was just it was for me. It was just like, oh, come on, man, this is it. You know, it's time to. It's, it's not, you know, just go on and do something else. I mean, But are these side projects? Is this is the Soul Station thing and, and, and Gene playing with Johnny Depp? I know that was a one-off, you know, uh, uh, charity thing, but are we starting to get a whiff of the end? That's what I think. Are right. we starting to get, you know, to the point where they're going to start doing other things because they're going to wind this down and, and, and close shop? See, you know, in my mind, I think that, that kind of train of thought, to me, makes the cartoon seem even more... Like, that's exactly what they're going to do. We're going to get a Kiss cartoon. Well, you know, the uh, the uh, characters in that, it was classic Scooby-Doo. But how cool would it be if you make a Kiss cartoon, the fact that they could live forever? They'd be, you know, it's forever 1978. You could put whoever you wanted. When they did the thing with Z and that, that <laughs> awesome video, you know, that video for that where they're, you know, flying around and looking like demons. I mean, you could do Kiss and, and it doesn't have to be but necessarily would that, this Would that really other. be successful? In, in, a mass, in a mass market that has a responsibility of generating large amounts of money. I don't think so. I mean, hasn't there been talk about them once they decide to give it up to do a, a Vegas thing? I, I, I haven't heard even that they're going to do the Vegas thing this year. Have you? Has there been any? Well, no, I'm talking about actually when they all decide to leave. And like I know Eric and Tommy have said that they don't plan on playing unless Gene and Paul are in the band. That I've, I heard, I thought, and it could just be rumors again. That they were going to do basically a tribute show in Vegas. Look, I'll, I'll too take, many. I'll take that's a Cirque du Soleil out of this, man. I'd love to see a Kiss Cirque du Soleil. See, I think I, that would rock. I kind of think that's what Kiss 2.0. I mean, we've obviously had this discussion right. a bunch of times. I think that's what Kiss 2.0 will be: is a show that is tribute bands. And, you know, whether it's the official one, I think the great thing would be they should get a multiple group of Kiss tribute bands. They do the show where it starts off and you're in the Coventry and the show is real small and they got the exact right costumes. And then little by little, the stage gets bigger and bigger and you go through every era 
And that would be the Vegas show. And it could be young guys, and you got to get a bunch of people that look good without the makeup. And Chris, you could do that. You got to be Paul in, you know, Crazy Nights Tour. And then you got to go run back <laughs> and put the makeup on. Night. And, you know, it's like the kind of thing where obviously With that. Those stuffed animal pants. I think yeah. that would, I think that would work. You know, if they did a thing where it was the kiss experience of. From the beginning to the end with tribute bands. I think that'd I be, think a, that would be a great show for the fans, but I don't think it, it could sustain a mass market you know, audience. Well, but it's a, it's a Vegas thing. You know, what I, I, mean? you know sure. I, I always think big, and, and I, honestly, my I told the guys at Kisteria this. It's like, you know, I think Kisteria, like we, you know, I have nothing. I'm not going to go into the whole Tommy Bash right. and everything. I mean, right. but what I will say is the further that Kiss gets away from the 70s, it's like the more I want to go back to it. And so it's like we, I've, it took me a long time to come around this way of thinking because I was like always like, oh, we have to celebrate the 80s. We have to do Heavens of Fire, blah, blah, blah. And now I'm like, you know what? We really should kind of focus and be what Kiss really was at their height in the 70s. We should like really focus on and give people a taste of what that was, you know? And that's why I'm like, going to that 76 uh, type of voice now. I'm going back to that, and this is what it was like, and this is how crazy it was. And and so I said, the, the ultimate goal for us as a, as a band, I said, I said it might be a lofty goal, but it should be either, we should be so good that like either Kiss comes and commends us and, and gives us some kind of a, Outlet for them, or they're going to shut us down because, like, get away, go, you know, go by, you know, you're, you're too good, you know. Well, you, you figure that's probably what's going to happen if they do that in Vegas. They're going to start knocking all these tribute bands, going, "Sorry, it's, it's the end for you." Yeah. And, I think the Vegas thing is going to, if that's what they do, I think what's going to happen is they're going to have a, a set of performers playing the parts, and they're going to do it as a residency type of thing. Right. The first few nights, Gene and Paul are going to do meet and greets and stuff. It's going to sell out. After the meet and greets are not available as an option with the show anymore, it's just not going to last. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think. Now, the, you, now the yeah. good thing is you have parents like myself raising my ten year old. She, you know, would go to see Kiss, right? You come here, you got your ticket for a live seventy five, right? I was. I'm probably just going to be bored, so I will go. <laughs> there you go. Okay, and there's there the last word. She's ten years old. You just ruined my bit. The, Forget Matt, it, Kiss. The, the, I can honestly say that I think the last time I saw a good Kiss show. Wasn't Kiss. It was actually Chris was singing for a tribute. Filling it like that again. I mean, it was. I had much more fun watching those guys than I did being at the concert. Well, you know, see the way I look at it, I'm still a fan of going to see them live, and I think a lot of it though, it's also the trappings of. It's when you get to go see all your friends and they put on the big show. And, I mean, a lot of it is, I think, the fact now you know everybody that's there because right. we're all linked via social media. So yeah. you go, hey, I know you, I know you, I know you. So, in a way, it's the attraction of going to the show. Obviously, we're all going to go see Rock and Roll Over. Everybody's going to come here see a Live 75. Chris, you're going to have some gigs soon. I want the first one here in the Kiss Room Live Absolutely. along yes. for Radio yep. or Music of Minds. We're working on it. You know, we all go see Ace still. Yeah, but I, like I said it numerous times, man. It's the only place... You could still feel like you're, you know, 14 at 51. Exactly. I think that's, you know, to me. I don't want to lose it. I don't care who does it. I think that's the whole thing. It's like we're, I mean, and I'll speak absolutely for myself. I've tried as hard as I can to cling to the idea that it's 1977 or 1978 because right. in my mind, that's good times. You know, what, you know what's funny, though, too? You have, you have this scenario where the reunion happened. And when the reunion happened, when Unplugged happened and the official announcement of the reunion, it was so exciting in the fan base. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Since then, everything that's happened has happened. Ace and Peter are not in the band anymore. If Tommy and Eric are there, there's the drama surrounding that. The Hall of Fame scenario and that, that whole thing happened and everything. 
And now that makes me long for the days before the reunion. Right. You know, when that's, you had, that's, that's where I'm thinking. That's exactly yeah. my thought right now. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was a senior in high school the first time I went to a KISS convention, right? I didn't know all the stuff that I know now. <laughs> right. I got there. Ace was there um, um, and Richie Scarlett was there. I didn't know who Richie Scarlett was at that time, you know? And when I got there and saw Richie Scarlett walking around, I thought it was Ace. Right. <laughs> you know? But it was exciting. It was, you know, I was a teenager. I was, I was there with my friends. We Those early kids. And, you know, when, yeah. you, think, and when you think about That's the That's when it was times. in the Sea Caucus. That was right. before Rothman Center. And you think about the was. times, like, with the 70s, and now everything being so PC, and, like, I'm listening right. to, like, the old uh, 76 shows, and, and Paul's, like, doing mm-hmm. rap, like, are you high? How many people are high? Yeah, right. I mean, I'm like, I, you know, if, I, if I did that rap in, a, in today's day and age, I would have to go, now remember, it's 1976. Put your heads in 1976, right. you know? Don't do drugs. <laughs> I, I the great thing at the old expos, too. Don't drink a drive, but <laughs> are you high? Yeah. <laughs> the, the great thing at the old expos back way before when the reunion was not even in the cards, as far as anybody knew, you would be at the expo, walk around, and you would hear people saying, Hey, did you hear Gene and Paul are showing up today? <laughs> right. You know, every single time without, yeah. you know, without. Ralph fail. actually got to go to rock and roll with Peter. Yeah, okay. I was there with them. Well, even that, the fun thing, when you think about those, and we were talking about it, obviously, when we were talking about the internet, those early expos, there's no right. internet. Right. So, you know, you didn't have YouTube. You didn't, right. you, the, those early expos were like Christmas Day. Right. You'd show up, and they, I always think of the, the Rothman Center, everybody sitting on the floor, watching bootlegs on yeah. the TV. Yeah. There's only one other thing that will make people sit Indian style and watch something that's strippers at a bachelor party. <laughs> but you can't, you know, and see, look, I should hit the sound effect. But the uh, For a bunch of those years, I lived right across the street from the Rothman Center. It was awesome. Yeah, nice. The first thing I'm thinking of, uh, that when I remember buying Kiss memorabilia, outside of getting you know, inside the album and all that was probably online. It was probably through David Snowden because he had a, yeah, a absolutely. Uh, little booklet that you got and sure. you right. it through Dave. Yeah. David Snowden, what a great guy. How He's are you, pal? Guy. Tony DeVille, you guys listening hopefully down there. We're going to see you soon. They bought tickets for a live 75. The, uh, so we're kind of running out of time. I, I, this whole time went by so fast. Well, we don't have to run out of time. What do you got on your mind? You give me that big, oh. You know, man. if I could point out one thing from back in when I was doing the Kiss Expos with the Prophecy CD, um, this was right at the time that they first put the cat makeup on Eric Singer. And one thing that I don't hear anybody ever talking about in that whole debate is that at that time, there were Wanted Dead or Alive posters with that picture on it floating <laughs> yeah, around so, the expo. Yeah, sure. People were, n- nobody was on board with that idea right when it started. And it's funny because you know? I think it was in Paul's book or a statement he had made back when Peter first left. They said, well, how come you didn't put it on Eric? He said, there's no way. The fans wouldn't have right. it. You know, everything is part of, you know, you make the decisions. You go, well, I never should have married this one or that one. Or I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to they want to still be Kiss. Right. And they can't think of other designs. I want to see the design that you came up with for yours. I think you got to post that in the Kiss room for us. Obviously, you know, and look, at this point, and here we are in the year 2015, there's only so many laps around the track. Right. You know, it really comes down to there, there can't be too many more years I said that 10 years ago, too. I mean, I remember the, you know, the farewell tour was going to be, and I remember being at the farewell tour and getting kind of emotional, thinking, yeah. man, this ride's over. Yeah. Of course, I think we're lucky that it's not. Some people would argue that, that it was... Never forget us. We will never forget you. And I was like, oh, I'll never forget right, you, Paul. Right. Oh, 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 oh. No, and look, then it was like, how many years later? 15 years. And look, anybody that was at those farewell tours, you can honestly tell me you weren't kind of a little bit teary-eyed at the end where you thought that was really it. All right. I'll tell you, though, right. as far as electricity in the room, 
I've been to a lot of high-profile events and the historical things and, and stuff. Hulk Hogan winning the title from the Iron Sheik was electricity in the room. And I'll, and I'll tell you, a close second to that was Tommy Morello's induction speech at the Hall of Fame. Yeah. In that room, it was electric. It was insane. I think we, I, the hair on my arms is standing up right now well, just saying that. I think, in a way, the one thing that I would want with that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in mind is I think we do need one final kind of an event like that, but it shouldn't be the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. For right. me, I think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame really blew it. But I kind of I do like that idea. I think, of I celebrating think everyone everybody. involved blew it. Yeah. It wasn't the, it wasn't just the hall. I, I was kind of a fly on the wall for some of the stuff going on, and and and. Not many people know the truth. I'll say that. <laughs> you know, it's funny. If you go back and listen to old Kiss Rooms, when they first um, announced that they were going to have the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I, one of the episodes, and I can't really remember which one it was, but we start talking about what our, our kind of fantasy scenarios of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And in my mind, I had this whole thing where they were going to rebuild the, you know, the Alive 2 gatefold, and you were going to get to walk <laughs> up to the steps. And, there's gonna be, and man, I'll tell you, I don't even think they have a pair of boots there. So it's, uh, if anybody's been out there, you tell me what they have. Yeah, but didn't the, somebody uh, post that there's, there's just a small you know, plaque somewhere. There's with, uh, a little plaque. Now, signatures. somebody had written that the uh, that, that plaque was was in the main kind of room, but that there was another exhibit. Or In okay. my mind, I pictured this huge KISS exhibit. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that's what's out there. But no. the, uh, you know. Well, well, I don't think anybody's exhibit well, there is very big. But they don't yeah. want anything yeah. to do with it. They have to, they right. have yeah, to I mean, send them that stuff. <laughs> they have to come up with some kind of agreement between, you know, borrowing the material and, and things like that, and they don't want anything to do with them. Well, you know, you would think in a way... And they don't want anything to yeah. do with Kiss anymore either. I mean, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, you know, I would think if you're getting people to pay to come in, if, if, you, know, if you think Kiss fans are coming... That you might want to have something cool for us to look at. Sure. I just go to the rock and roll hall or those, uh, you know, hard rock and sit next to somebody's drum. Right. Right. And you get a cheeseburger. Right. So, hey, right. you know, sure. or come to my kiss room. I got all kind of stuff the in my house. Turkey club at the hard rock is the best. <laughs> See, look, I, you know, go up the street and get some pizza. And it's, you know, just the same. Right. So it's really. Well, see, now she looks, she's hungry. It's, it's the end of the show. So I'll tell you what, let's, we're going to wrap it up. We're actually going a little bit long because there's not a live show after us here on Monco Radio. But coming up September 2nd, obviously, is the, uh, the start of a new semester here at Montgomery County Community College. There will be a ton of new shows debuting here. Some of your old favorites will come back. Uh, obviously, thanks for everybody for tuning in. I want to thank Ralph. Thank you. I want to thank Anthony. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Hey, hey. Thanks, Bobby. Yeah. Thanks um, to, obviously, Mr. Bob Gruen for calling in. That was We were honored by that. Thanks to everybody who tuned in and joined in in the Facebook. If I didn't say your name, it's because I missed it. I'll tell you, today was shot out of a cannon. So, Kiss Room, join us back here on September 11th for the next live version of the Kiss Room. And I am going to give the last word, as I always do, to my brother from another mother, Mr. Ken Mills. You're in the Kiss Room on Monaco Radio, where music and minds meet. Check out these ads from the following shows. We are proud to call them the friends of the Podkiss Network. We are one. We're a scene, man. That's right, Kiss Army. We're having a rock and roll party, and you are invited. Tune into the Strange Ways Kiss Podcast and hang out with your Kiss Army brothers, Jody Habnock, Clinton Harris, and D Rock. Join us where we celebrate and discuss the gods of thunder. That's Strange Ways Kiss Podcast. You can find us on Facebook or Podomatic.com. We'll see you there.
Kistory Science Theater, the most civilized. Yeah. Oh, f <laughs> oh, f <laughs> come on. Respectful. Just imagine Gene it's with like, like a with like a washtub base. Boom, 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 boom. And serious. No wait. Excuse me, Bob. You're gonna come over and do my album. <laughs> Kiss podcast on the web. History science theory. We bust balls because we care. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron and I'm Chris and we're from the Decibel Geek podcast. And if you love this. <laughs> You'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll, and it's always free. Podcast Rock City. What's up, everybody? This is Joe from Podcast Rock City, where every week, me and my crew will bring you the Kiss News of the Week. Look at us as kind of a KISS version of Meet the Press. Your source for KISS news every week. We're on iTunes, Podomatic, Twitter, and Facebook. All right, KISS Army. Since 2007, you've been getting PodKissed, the KISS audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your podcast. Every month, the podcast crew, along with the Kiss Room, brings you Kiss Talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great Kiss fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. It's time for some cheap talk. You're listening to Trick Chat. Their mommy's alright, their daddies are alright, they just seem a little weird. They even got their KISS records out. This is Ken from the PodKISS. Join me, Matt, Andrew, and BJ as we talk about four great guys and three great chords. Cheap Trick. If you're a KISS fan, chances are you've checked them out. So please check out our show, Cheap Talk with Trick Chat. Available for now in the PodKISS feed. Keep cheap tricking. You have been one hell of an audience tonight. Why don't you give yourselves a round of applause? i tell you something. You know, a lot of bands like to brag about their fans. Now, naturally, you better believe we brag about you, but we want you to know something. We want you to know, we know that you are our fans, but don't you ever forget, we are your fans! We love you! Thank you for listening to The Kiss Room. Stay tuned to Montco Radio. Last-minute crazy things you want to say to conform with expectations. 
know, but I will say something to anybody out there that's, you know, the weird guy or the weird girl that always has the weird things that they do that their friends put them down for. Don't think it's so weird. Maybe someday somebody will let you give you the chance to make a living out of it. You just stick to it. You'll be weird. Thanks for listening, Kiss Army, and happy birthday, Gene Simmons. Come on, Daddy, let's go home. I'm hungry.